0: Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Udicast, episode 194, and we are back once again. It's so exciting. We finally have him on. Uh, Arian Horvitz of the Urban Phoenix, after a long, protracted sort of uh, discussion to finally get him on, he's here. And it was definitely worth the wait. I had a great conversation with him. We talked about a bunch of stuff. Uh, Urban revitalization, uh, downtown development, just really, we got into tons and tons of stuff. Talk about Bryce Harper, weirdly, for a second. Uh, also this week, Heather returns. She's a working girl now. She tells us about our new job. Uh, Kevin and I went to the UCFC game. We talk about our first experience, Daylight Savings Time, Barstool Sports, Captain Marvel, uh, History Lessons, uh, Temptation Island, weirdly, and then some movie spoilers for the movie tag. All this and more, folks. We are happy, as always, to have you here. Oh, Yes.
1: Yeah. Like a real
0: person again. Is that you, is that what you think defines a real person? Is like having to get up and go to a job. Blazers, in the morning? Blazers, <laughs> <It's> All Blazers. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Uh, it's UDCast episode one forty. Well, now one forty nine, one ninety four. We're back. We're back once again.
2: Yay.
0: It's very exciting. I loved. I had a great time talking to this week's uh, this week's interview. Uh, Ariane Horbovitz from the Urban Phoenix. Uh, really nice conversation. And I think what's funny is a. Uh, I'm just diving right into it, apparently. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you get. He's the person who I wanted to have in the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. And when you finally get somebody on who you've sort of been building up in your head for, like, an interview and stuff, you're like, I wonder if it's going to be, like, is good? I had a great time talking to him. It was a great interview. I'm very excited for you all to hear it. Uh, but I digress. Let's start where we normally start. Kevin is here. Hello, Kevin. Yeah, what? What's, what's up? <laughs> Ooh, what's going on? Salty. The attitude. No, not at all. <laughs> I at I'm just here. <laughs> just here. Uh, yeah, I'm on spring break, Kevin. It's, uh, it doesn't feel very springy. Our driveway is a death trap. Oh, um, it is, so It's icy. And also, we had a very busy day yesterday. I feel like I lost most of my weekend. It was very packed. But we went to the UCFC game. We went to go see the, the soccer lads down at the uh, the bank center, or whatever they're calling it now. That is correct. Uh, what did you think of your first UCFC game before I get soccer nerdy on it? It was cool.
3: Uh, it was more fun than going to the Comets. That's yes. for definite. Yes. I
1: saw you guys got food in there. look like you got free food. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, you do. I love that. <laughs> I
0: should have went. Yeah. <laughs> so, for, for a little details, just so you guys can throw it in Maiden Utica's face, this was part of Justin Parkinson of Maiden Utica's birthday party.
3: It was going to be his day-long birthday celebration yesterday. Yeah, the
0: whole plan was we were going to go to the, the UCFC game, and, there was, and, and Kate had rented out the beer garden, uh, like a section of the beer garden, just for us, and... <laughs> And then we were going to go to the East Dynasty Buffet afterwards, which is Justin's favorite meal. <laughs> and I was very excited for the whole thing. And then, of course, uh, Justin got sick to his stomach that morning, and he stayed home. And we all went in his stead.
3: <laughs> Instead. Yeah, he's got the stomach bug.
0: I feel bad for him. Stomach bug is the worst. I had it
1: last year. Mm-hmm. It was terrible.
0: Mm. Uh, I did do my best Justin Parkinson impression during the game. I, uh, I got real close and yelled vaguely. Not inappropriately, but I was heckling some players. They knew I was there, mm-hmm. um, which is always a slippery slope in a live sports game because you invite other people to join in, and other people might not have the tact that maybe you have. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that was
3: a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I thought... Would you go again? Uh, yeah, I would go again. I would have very little interest in going if I was sitting in seats. That's true. We got spoiled The after beer this. garden aspect where you're standing, you're right up against You're on the edge of the field... Mm-hmm. And you're standing there with everybody. and You can walk around and talk to everybody and this and that. That makes it worth it. If I was sitting in seats, I wouldn't be so interested.
0: I would have liked to see it from the seats just to see the perspective a little. You bit like further.
3: soccer more than I do. That's very true. That's I don't care true. enough. Yeah, you want to I mean? you like, you be able to walk around if
1: you're kind of not interested in socializing. Yeah, I don't like. not Yeah, I, I would I say I,
3: like. I actually paid attention to the game for three minutes of the whole time yeah, over but, there.
1: I
0: leaned into it as the game got going. It got a little, it was fun to be that close to the game, I think, in general. Sure. It keeps people on edge a little bit because they don't want to get hit in the face with a ball, which seemed to be something that everyone was really concerned about. Mm-hmm. Not your boy. I was ready for that ball to come in, mm-hmm. so I could lay a header into the goal, and they would call me onto the team. It's like that for was your birthday party,
2: <laughs> then, Justin. Well, that was
0: Kevin's big conspiracy more theory. More for you than anything. Well, <laughs> Kevin's conspiracy theory was that what that uh, Justin was. This was a scam. That mm-hmm. he wasn't really sick. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Al- almost everything he does, I think, is a scam. First of all, very <laughs> um, really true. Be clear. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, no, the idea that he was gonna, he wanted us all there while he was sick, so that he could make his debut for the team, and he didn't tell anybody. Because he was going to get it. didn't happen, sadly. Uh, all right, Heather, let's get, into, let's get into you for a second. It's your oh. first day. Your yeah, new let's, job. Get, into let's yeah. get into you. Let's
1: get I, into you. I, I just started today. I didn't expect to get a job. I wasn't going out looking for a job. I was just kind of applying for things and just kind of feeling it out.
0: Okay, so can I ask you a question? And you, you can tell me the truth. Yeah. Why did you decide to take you just go back? Yeah, why did you decide you were ready to get back?
1: I thought I. I always said if there was two places I wanted to work for. It'd be the zoo or the community foundation because I mm-hmm. wanted to do something nice. where I could go out and make an impact for somebody. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, if those if something ever comes up, I'll apply for it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I that opened up, and I said, well, alright, will what the heck, I'll do it.
0: So I've always had this experience. Did you have to go interview? Obviously. Yeah. Did you think you did well?
1: Yeah, I thought I, I thought I nailed it. <laughs> oh, really so you did. I was like, okay. I did great. I went home. Oh my God, I did awesome. <laughs> I was so excited.
0: Uh, that's pretty. Good. I feel like sometimes, like I went to my like, one of my last major job interviews, and I did not think I was ever going to get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually helped me. Just be like, to, yeah, to be yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Just just having a good time. Uh, Kevin, how was your last job interview? Did you know you were crushing it when you walked in? Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's such yeah. a good feeling isn't it
3: you can tell yeah. I mean you, you can, can feed off the you people tell. you're talking to like it's I don't know yeah if you figure out what you're doing you figure out how to talk to people you just go in and you execute Yeah.
0: well some I think this. you don't want to get too comfortable though because that's something I see some people do no, you, don't get, you be... don't get too
3: comfortable I mean don't go in there and like take off your no. pants But like, no don't come. do that <laughs> yeah no
0: um so yeah i'm very i'm very pleased are you excited i'm
1: excited and sad i mean i've been home with my son for almost three years and Mm -hmm. uh it went from like one day i had an interview two days later i got hired then five days later i started working full-time so now i'm like oh this is (laughs) but i'm happy i wanted to do i want to do something but i miss my son
0: yeah i think my my mom sort of told me she had that same sort of thing when I... It's like, you want to go back to work. You don't want to just, like... Yeah. Yeah, but, but you still... You didn't think... You yeah. probably didn't expect to miss him as much as you did, no, I assume. I no, You were probably excited about it. Like, yeah, away from the boys for a little bit. I know, day, and little then
1: little I was, I haven't seen him since this morning. <laughs>
0: um, so, uh, I won't spend too much time on it, uh, because our interview today is really, really long. We went, like, over an hour with uh, Arian. So, uh, I have a couple... A couple small news articles I read this week that I thought were interesting. I guess I'll just ask right now: How bad did daylight savings time screw you guys up this weekend?
1: It didn't really affect me. Not too bad. Not as bad as it normally does. Uh,
0: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have any sleep issues or anything. I did go out in the morning and uh, I thought it was nine o'clock for an hour because I didn't. Because my car is one of the few clocks yes, that doesn't automatically did. change. Yeah. I was like, man, beautiful hour nine in the morning. Nobody's yes. out. I'm like, wait a second, what's going <laughs> yeah. on? Uh, can I have any daylight savings time stories for? Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. We shouldn't do it. Well, well, you, it's silly. Nobody's farming anymore. That's true. It is a farming. You actually, because it's weird for you because you are sort of like in a position where you're probably up and active when it's actually oh, happening. I was yeah. at work. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, mean, I thought I had a brain tumor. I didn't realize. It. I didn't
3: realize the daylight savings time. I just. I wasn't. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't paying attention. I didn't hear about it, so I wasn't expecting it. And then when I looked back at the clock again. When I was closing up um, down at the bar. Mm. I look back at the clock and it's it says three o'clock. I'm like, wait, wait, what?
2: Yeah. How is that possible? <laughs> so I'm having a moment where I'm like, did I?
3: Like, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't drinking or anything like that. But I'm like, did I? Like did I, did I like right not even fall asleep because you know I was up like active, like walking, yeah. doing. It. Did I like black out? How did I lose this time? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, yeah. That,
0: <laughs> I, I it's funny as it. Working education, I feel like I'm never working on Saturdays and Sundays very much. Yeah. But there was a point in time in my life where I'd be concerned that I'd be missing some work on that Sunday morning because I missed the changeover, right? I'm old enough to remember that, kind of. Uh, being like, oh, God, I'm late on a Sunday because I slept into this brunch shift. Now I'm going to get
3: fired. I feel like I always had a cell phone when I had a job. Yeah, I think I the guess Cell phone I... changes the time automatically, you know what I mean?
0: I don't know. I feel like there was anxiety for that for at least some point in time. Yeah, but in my you, life. you get
3: yourself worked up about all sorts of things that aren't real. That's why we have this podcast. I a big, big part
0: of the reason this show exists. Uh, all right. So uh, last week, because because uh, Heather wasn't here, you we weren't. Here, we were here No, last I week. No, wasn't here. Uh, <laughs> didn't
1: feel good. All
0: right. Um, I tried to change the format up a little bit, and I basically just uh, linked to three different stories that I thought were interesting, as opposed to trying to do a news type of breakdown. Uh, and I kind of did it again this week. So this week I have three stories that did sort you of name peaked. For it? No, no, it's okay. just a new way of doing okay. some stuff here. Okay. Uh, so I have three sort of stories that kind of caught my interest this week, and I figured I'd uh, and I have some questions about all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one uh, is based around Barstool Sports. You guys familiar with Barstool Sports or Barstool Media? Heather, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Kevin, you are, I assume. Heather, have you ever mm-hmm. heard of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are sort of a uh, a sports blog type situation. It's very, I would call it like college culture, would you say, right? Like frat culture. Uh, and I'm not here to, like, have any indictments about how they, like, market their business or anything, like, who they choose to market to. That's all well and good. Uh, but they got in trouble this week, uh, and earlier this week for using, uh, original content without permission, uh, from an, uh, from a creator who, uh, tried to get them flagged for it. Um, they bribed her multiple times, like, not bribing in the way that, you know, like, you'd bribe a police officer. Like, here's a $50. Money for yeah. content. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then their owner had to come out and sort of admit that they handled the situation badly. And then it came out today that they have now deleted over 61,000 posts between their Instagram and Twitter over the week.
3: Wow. Smart. Uh, yes, yeah,
0: smart. Well, because uh,
3: people are going to go back and dig through. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, they've, got, they've got entire sections of, like, you know, you go to places like uh, whatever's left of Gawker, like Deadspin Media, they've got people on staff whose specific job is just dig through barstool yeah. stool stuff so they can <laughs> get their... Monthly quota of barstool articles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, and again, I'm not here to to. I don't I don't have an
0: opinion, or I don't want to get into a discussion about barstool as an organization. But I'm, what's curious to me, because we've dealt with this from making Utica stuff, is it doesn't. It feels very tenuous when you are the creators of content about how you can use it and when it's okay. And it's like an interesting. I see it on Reddit and Twitter and a lot of the social well, the media. Big, the
3: biggest thing is you have to you have to give credit for the content. Yeah, yeah. and then if somebody tells you if you take it like. There'll be times, and, you know, it's on a much smaller scale, but there'll be times where I'm making uh, social media posts for the place I work at. We do a lot of live music, right? Mm-hmm. So when we do live music, I'll make different little graphic cards to put out and say, you know, uh, so-and-so, like the old main playing in 9 to 12 or whatever it might be. Right. And I will go to, you know, that band's social media accounts. I'll find a photo and I'll go and I'll look at that. A lot of times if I post it up, I'll put, I'll try to find who took the photo, whether sure. it's a fan photo. I'll just give, like, you know, you put the little camera emoji and say, this is who mm-hmm. it is. So you have to always try to give credit, but also if somebody came to me like, hey man, I really don't want you using my picture, you have to take it down. Right. And you can try to offer money and buy it from them, but at the end of the day, they have the choice over whether you use that content or not.
0: I mean, even even on a small level for our show, like the dinosaur puppets is a roundabout so that I don't have to go hunting for photos of people every week. Yeah. This gives me a reason to take a picture of them here in the studio, and then I can just use it because it's mine. Mm. And the same with the music on like the show, all the stuff that I've written for the bumper music and stuff. So uh, yeah, stuff that's interesting, I think... It's really disconcerting, though, because I think it like, Reddit and Twitter and stuff, it really is easy to just, like, pass off other people. It's, like, the platforms themselves make it really easy mm-hmm. to just present any sort of content as your own. Yeah. And I also wonder, and this, I guess, this is maybe, like, an explain-it-to-me-like-on-five question. If I go on, like, Twitter, and I use a GIF off of Google, right, is that piracy? Right, if I make, like... It's like not piracy, I
1: think they've no. given permission for that to be...
0: So... Have they? Yeah, like... I mean,
1: they have it, like... It's in up. their platform. Yeah, right? it's in there. So I'm, I doubt they would put it in there. It like, cool. I
0: wonder where the line comes. Like, someone made that GIF, and I guess I'm using it without their consent. But like, how do you how do you trace every single image that anyone's ever made? It comes really hard, I suppose. Well, a
3: lot of people aren't making images. Like, if you cut a clip of like a wrestler doing something, the person who cut that clip and turned it right. in a graphic interface format isn't a content creator mm-hmm. right yes content, okay you know great yes that's kind of what i mean, yes, kind of what I, mean adding, I suppose so the people like if it was read like the wrestling folks would have a beef if they didn't want you to use their stuff or whatever they could come say something but making a gif is not creating content
2: yeah
0: okay just, okay so there you go that makes sense to me yeah, now yeah, see yeah. so i'm gonna just be gifing all day be now in uh out. i don't know how to make a gif by the way i feel like that's something i should know how to do is uh tons as, of apps yeah
1: and just a little app of, thing an app like literally two yeah. seconds I don't know. I'll make one of you tonight. You're going to make one one of me? Oh, God. More I
0: have another article this week. This is from uh, wire.com if you want to read about this. It's from today. Uh, although there's a million articles up about it, this just happens to be the one I'm using. Uh, despite whatever everything that happened all the controversy about it on Rotten Tomatoes over the last week, Captain Marvel beat its own box office projections this week to make $455 million in
3: its opening weekend. In breaking Please. and unexpected news, a Marvel movie has done well at the box office. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I gotta tell you, we here at the Uticast weren't ready for a Marvel movie to do well at the box office. I'm sure our faithful <laughs> listeners were not either, but... Those Marvel boys, what can I say?
0: Well I think it just sorta of ties into the idea that this whole rotten tomatoes controversy is like, not a thing. Was overblown it's not first. a real thing.
3: <laughs> it, nothing no, none of this nothing's nothing's real, and nothing ever happens. I think know? is my take because like there's all this stuff where it's like, oh the controversy it was just a slow Tuesday and they needed something to talk about. <laughs> Sad boys on the internet are on still fire. mad. On fire. Well, because sad boys on the internet are still mad about Captain Marvel. Everybody else still cares the same level they care about all the rest of the Marvel movies, which is just I don't distractions from our melting planet. <laughs> it's
0: true. Hey, speaking of which, uh, that's what our third story is about this week. And since we have a long interview, might as well just go right to it. Uh, our third story this week, this is from... Uh, Earther, which is also a Gizmodo website, so go to earther.com. Uh, the article is called "Recycling Is Broken" by Maddie Stone. It's true; they
3: don't recycle any
0: of your stuff. Yeah. So uh, I, again, I'll, I'll gi- I gave you the article so you can go ahead and read the whole thing. But there's some really interesting points in here, and it talks about how the U.S. produces about 61 million tons of recycled material a year, mm-hmm. and up until this year, China used to buy 16 million uh, of those tons from us. Uh, but since they've uh, closed import bins in China, that's changed in the last year. Uh, they're also saying that now 25% of all like, recyclables that we receive in the U.S. in an average bin is contaminated with mm-hmm. non-recyclable items. Yeah, and, I believe that. Uh, so we're getting to a point, I've noticed this even on a small level, like I see in places that they have like recycling bins next to garbage bins, mm-hmm. and then you come to find out those are all going in a big dumpster anyway. 100%. It's, yeah, the
1: kids working
0: at night are not like. Yeah. 100%. Really, <laughs> it's 100%. really disconcerting. <laughs> I feel like because sometimes we just assume that some of the systems work, right? Like it's really easy to think, well, I put my stuff in the orange bucket and yeah. I put it out in the street and they recycle it. Well, and they put it in the river. <laughs> You <laughs> don't care. Dark time. We're in trouble. You don't care. Uh, it's funny, too, because I feel like we, we're we like the generation that cares more about recycling. That's why these stories are coming out. Like The younger generation seems to care more about it. The younger generation. Not us.
3: The younger generation. No. We're, we are not the younger generation. Oh, anymore. I think that's an important thing to point out. We're the problem um, generation. We don't we care. <laughs> no. Our parents' generation is the problem generation. This is entitled Baby <laughs> Boomers, and I'll get gassed about that if you want to get going. I- but um, yeah. no, we did not But nobody actually cares. I mean, we like to talk about how we care, but nobody cares. Nobody it's cares true. About recycling. It's true. Nobody makes any real effort to recycle we or recycle do anything. We like to talk about it and like tweet about it, but you probably recycle more than anybody too. I know. We yeah, we compost. Compost. we
1: compost and recycle
3: and look at and look, and look at we're how like, rare that is. We're you, the only
1: people in the middle of the
3: composting. But when you say recycle, what does that mean? You put out your recycling bins? Yeah. I got some bad news for you. Oh
1: no! I'm not recycling. <laughs> Well, I'm dividing it.
3: They're going to the same place in different trucks. It's true. It's a yeah. sad time.
1: Just gonna throw it all away. Alright, so those are, th-
0: <laughs> those are our three stories. They're all kind of dour. I didn't mean for them to be so down this year.
3: Uplift- Let's hit an uplifter one before we get to Aaron, because he's a really nice, positive guy. And we need to talk about something positive. Okay. Rack your brains. What's happened? Any good news you heard? Uh, news I saved all the good stuff for the second half. Oh, I did. Oh, I have wait, some good stuff. No, I have good stuff. I, see what's I have going fun stuff. Here. Uh, I see all right. To about
0: think it. about it. So <laughs> let's get to this week's interview. And again, uh, I. The first I met uh, Arian basically through. Oh wow, bro! you didn't turn off your sorry. ringtone. Oh. Number
3: one, you were at the new job today. You can't have your ring around. At the uh, it was my alarm for my Deeply unprofessional. unprofessional. Oh. Well, you're not even there to give it to
0: him. I know. This... Oh shoot. Why oh not? no. You should call your husband <laughs> He's at this not break. Give it to him. Huh. Uh, all right, so <laughs> let's get to this week's interview. Uh, Arian has been sort of floating around this show for a long time. We were on. Uh, We were on Twitter sort of talking to each other before this. We had reached out on Facebook multiple times. He's not really from here at all. He didn't necessarily say that he took an Amtrak into Utica on Saturday specifically to do this interview. He didn't tell me me that, but I'm almost sure that he did. And it was definitely worth it, at least on, on my end. We had a great time. Uh, Really, really excellent conversation about why urban renewal is a dirty word and why we should be saying urban revitalization. We talked about the downtown hospital. We talked about uh, how he got into journalism, how he got into uh, urbanization, a lot of stuff. Like, I really, we talked about so, so many things. I I can't even begin to to list them all. So let's just get into it. Great, great conversation. Uh, Me and Aaron will be back in just a moment. Every week during, yes. the, uh, yep. during yep. the show now, yeah, and um, as you should, and I'm never, I don't, it, it never, I don't like round numbers in that way, right? Like, sure, because sure. 200 is a nice round number, but yeah. also I think about it in my head like, well, it's not even like a year anniversary because sure. theoretically it would be like, sure, sure, uh, but it. What scares me the most about it as a as a guy, who's a grad school student, and uh, in my earlyish thirties, mm-hmm. um, it's been every week, and they're yeah. numbered episodes. Yes. So when I look down mm-hmm. and I go. God, 194 weeks. Have I really that's incredible. not done this? Like <laughs> that's, that's that's incredible. <laughs> it's it's really, and I, I talked about this with somebody last mm-hmm. week. I think it was on Talk of the Town or whatever it was. Yep. But I you have to be a little bit crazy. Like yeah. I have to yeah. be a little bit yeah. nuts yep. to want to do it to make it happen. Because I know a lot of guys who've tried to do the podcasting mm-hmm. thing around here, and some True. people do it weekly, uh, and some people do it uh, sort of. Oh, it's it's five it's weekly. a very and,
4: difficult thing to stick to. It's a mental thing. You just, it is. I would it is.
0: if mm-hmm. I got to a Monday night. Mm-hmm. I've been to Mondays before, where I don't have guests lined up. Right. I'm like, I will, I will hunt people down sure. until four sure. or five sure. o'clock. just call Ken Smith. It's you, you. Ken, he'll, all...
4: he'll come out of the woodwork and be like, yeah, yeah, I want to he's talk about you. A supporter yeah. of, uh, oh, of I know you. He's, he's, love he's, he's such a huge, huge. Pro yuka uh, guy, he's a good. He was at my wedding actually. He's really? Good, yep. How long he, you he, um, September. Oh, wow. wow! Congratulations. <laughs> so he, uh, he and his wife and the Peaks, Michael and Missy Peak. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They uh, were, they were uh, Mike.
0: I know from when we were younger mm-hmm. in sort of the music circles. Yeah, playing of course. In, yeah, piece uh, plays uh, out. Yeah, and then Missy. I, You went to high school with me. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Which happens a lot in Right, Yeah, yeah, it's a small small community. Uh, So I'm going to screw your name up real quick first. Yep, go Uh, for it. Arian Horbovitz. You got it. I see. Perfect, perfection. perfection. (laughs) Arian Horbovitz. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Again, I I apologized already before you came out of my house. It's a mess because it's finals week. I don't know (laughs) when the last time you've written a finals paper or a thesis-style paper is, but you write write a lot as it is anyway. I, I
4: write a lot of stuff, and there's just times where, to be perfectly honest... Um, yeah, I just let everything else go. If I'm inspired, I, I just kind of, I write and, you know, stuff stuff goes. Now, when you're married, it changes a little bit. Obviously, I just mm-hmm. got recently married in, in September. Um, but, yeah, I just, I kind of, I, I there, there are times when I, I just kind of let stuff go and I just go with
0: the flow of inspiration. Well, I, I have a question for you uh, I want to get into about this. It's really intriguing to me. I, I liked writing a lot when I grew up. I li- had a typewriter. I used to read a lot. Mm. And as we get into the current sort of, Sphere of social media and yes. where we interact. It seems like a lot of people are going to like video content mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. or the podcast style formats, of and course. away from the writing. Have you ever? Do you do video work? Have you ever thought about doing like the video thing? Or are you just more comfortable working with words and on paper in that so way? So it, it's funny you mention
4: that because you know I actually when I was in my twenties I did video production. I did mm. video post production, specifically cool. editing um, yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that. That was a big passion of mine. Mm. And I worked for a company that did a commercial work, uh, video commercial work in in Rochester. Uh, we actually made like a feature film mm-hmm. uh, in Rochester, uh, which, was, which was kind of a, a neat thing to be a part of for about yeah. five weeks. So very much my background is video. Um, and, you know, uh, I, the problem is this. Video, and you know this, video and audio, to, to do stuff like this, it takes a lot of piecing together. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. You have to think about things like if you're doing video you have to think about my background and, and, and maybe somebody shooting something with me talking in front of the you know there's a lot of different components to it writing is so simple because and I know a lot of people are moving away from writing because people just don't read as much as they used to yes. but you know for me I'm looking I, I write the Urban Phoenix in the context of uh, differently so I'm a I work for the University of Rochester full time I'm in clinical drug trials there mm-hmm. I've been doing that for about ten and a half years uh, I run my own photography company on the side in Rochester and somehow in the middle I you know fit in the, the blogging. we all do this. I mean we all any creative you, you you multitask, you do a lot of things. So the writing allows me to just it's, it's me and my iPad or it's mm-hmm. me and my computer or me and my phone or whatever. and I can just you know I can be on a train, I can be anywhere and I can, I can produce something. If I have an idea, Believe it or not, the the fastest way to get it out and get it you know onto
0: something is uh, is is to write. And what's crazy the way you say that too, and you say it so casually, because I just watched the John Oliver about this. It's and it's about you know I, I work in education and we have to ask mm-hmm. our kids a lot. What do you want to do? What do you want to do for a job when you're older? The and we're getting to a point now where the question should be. What five jobs do you want to do when you're rolling? Sure. You what? What multiple things would you like to pour yourself into? Because we're getting away from the one job economy. That is such.
4: Like. That is such a. That, you know what? That's such a keen observation. I feel like very, very few people actually want to accept that. But that's the. That's, that's the truth. I've said, you know, to so many people, because most of the people I know, most of the people that's my age, our age, you know, I, I think we. I, I say we piece our incomes together. Yeah. Now, um, there's, there's a patchwork, a latticework almost of, of different sources of income. And, you know, the interesting thing is I've used that comparison mm-hmm. for our cities, not mean to yeah. take a harsh segue here, but, you know, it, it's like our cities. We used to have the one or two or three major employers. For example, in Rochester, we had uh, Kodak, which is a beast, right. and then Xerox yeah. and Bausch and Lomb. Uh, those companies are literally no no longer in Rochester, and they employed something like a hundred thousand people. So we invested so much in in ex- expecting that those com- those companies were going to carry us through. Yeah. Now, you know, as so many of our Rust Belt cities have experienced that 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 loss of the the big the big employers, um, now we're realizing that we have to take a more diversified approach yeah. at how we uh, build an economy. We don't want one, One, you know, it's, it's exactly. like the Amazon is there. You know, it's like, okay, Amazon pops down somewhere and employs all these people. But what happens in 10, 15, 20 years when the market shifts again and something else replaces it? I thought about that a lot when this Amazon thing happened. Sure.
0: I, I knew a lot of people who were really angry. And I and I just spent enough time in New York City and I was like, God, I, I've been in Long Island City. I've mm-hmm. been to, I know the infrastructure sure. for, for travel is terrible. The sure. subways are falling apart. The I don't know how they were going to do it. The housing economy is so bad it's now awful. in terms of what you have to pay. There's no mm-hmm. way it would have gotten any better. No. And, and I'm I'm not again. I'm not against
4: jobs. No, of, of course no. I, I think I think we're on. This, I'm not either. I'm just saying we have to stop thinking. You know, is, we're we're in we're in Utica, and and, and you know, I, I get this in Rochester too. There's still this mindset that we're waiting for that 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 big company to plop down and employ everybody again. That's not coming. That's not going to happen. That's never going to happen again. So we have to kind of accept this evolving economy, and like you said, both personally, you know, b- both individually and as a city, we
0: have to start piecing our incomes and our economies together from different you sources. Think, and I wonder if this, how this ties in, because you know, I, I do want to talk about uh, downtown Utica and the hospital at sure. some point in time. Of and, course. Uh, but I sort of think to myself, is it I don't know. We as a city have tied ourselves into these ideas. As I go back to like the 80s, right? Sure. When General Electric left and we thought it was all bad. Yep, and then comet you know, comes in and Utica gets historically tied into these ideas of things that are going to come happen. It'll be the next thing. First it was Nano. And then there was going to be the hospital and now it's Harbor Point. And then Nano didn't happen. Right. And I wonder if because Nano didn't happen mm-hmm. and people were like, oh, here we go, that there's even more... Interest and eyes and intrigue on what happens with the hospital because of what just happened with sure, Nano, sure. and because they want this Harbor Point thing to happen. Coming, I think right. there's a lot riding on it, and that's why it's been such a divisive topic. I feel like. I think you're right. I
4: think the
0: the first of all,
4: I always say with a project like the hospital is yeah. everyone's looking to to it, and we can you know further this conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, you know, looking looking at the hospital in particular, um, you know. It, People are looking for that next thing to save their city. They're looking for the next thing, and what what I found in Rochester is the, the 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 tough thing is we're still very hopeful, right? We're still hopeful that one sure. thing can be that that silver bullet. The, the the hard thing to accept is something projects like the hospital. Th- there's a lot of. Utica that needs to be revitalized. Let's be yes, real. Sure. And, and I always for say sure. this to, to people. I was just actually talking with with Steve Keblish, um, you know, UFO, big, great guy. Big and guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You yeah. got some great ideas. I really, really like like his perspective. You know, we focused. I, I'm, I'm sitting back in Rochester and I'm watching the the social media wars. Mm-hmm. You know, about the hospital. And the fact is. People have to realize the hospital is not going to make or break Utica. Right. It's not going to be the silver bullet. It's also not going to be the opening of the gates of hell.
0: <laughs> and well, that's a that's a modern that's a very modern problem. It we is. I think we've gotten away from the idea. I was just talking about this with our, maybe Utica's Justin Parkinson actually. Sure. In the in the days of the the Helcion days that I don't even know if they existed. But we think they did. Mm-hmm. The idea was. If you are compromising with somebody, both people are going to walk away feeling kind of annoyed. Right? That's the whole point of a compromise. Sure. And now we don't live in even a society where compromise seem. I don't know if it's a social media thing. I don't know if it's a generational change. It seems like there's a winning and losing side and that's it. Right. I think that the downtown hospital, the no downtown hospital people make some really good points. Sure, absolutely. About eminent domain and about yep. some of the concerns. Definitely. And I also think the pro downtown hospital people make some good points. I don't think that mm-hmm. you can... You you have to necessarily pick... There's Good and bad sides to both of it, and that's where the conversation gets lost. I think sometimes on social media because it becomes so aggressive.
4: Right, and I think that's. I think that's. I mean, you know, the 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 approach to the to the hospital is very much like we're seeing the approach mm-hmm. to any divisive, you know, kind yeah. of uh, subject in politics. You're right. People are talking past each other, right? Yeah, exactly. And they'll say, exactly. "Well, it's because the other side isn't listening." But you know, it's and we've we've kind of created a culture where that's accepted, mm-hmm. where we are just kind of yelling at each other from afar. Um, you know, I'll say this about the hospital. You know, uh, while we're on the topic, yeah, sure. My my feeling on that is hospitals. I, I wrote a piece on this actually. Hospitals are not activators. Mm. They're not. It's you know these people. <laughs> I hear this thing is like, well, it's going to improve our downtown community, and people going to you know bounce out of there, and they're going to go to the they're going to go to the tailor and the cook, and they're going to go here. Yeah. To, you know, let me kind of pose it like this. Let's say you're a nurse and you work a A twelve-hour shift, (laughs) and you're cleaning up people's whatever, and you've just had the worst day, and it's it's an extremely stressful environment. What are you going to go down and get a baguette at at Utica Bread? And I love Utica Bread, I really do. (laughs) But no, you're going to run home and see your family because you want you want to get. You know, um, hospitals are not happy places. The other the other reason you might be there is. Uh, you know, somebody you know is sick, and like I said, exactly. you're not going to go out to Modus, you know, after, you know, seeing your uncle in the hospital, probably. Well, so, you know, we have to, that you know, we have to kind of tone down this whole, right. it's going to have this ripple effect. There will be some development that happens as a sure. result. Um, there might be some more downtown housing as a result, mm-hmm. which is good. There are some definite positives. Um, but, you know, for the folks yeah. that think that this is going to be the silver bullet, it's going to be one piece in right. a series of, you know, of, of small pieces of, right. you know, a patchwork again that's going to build a greater Utica. So this is, you know, any, if you're looking at this as the
0: be-all end-all, it's just mm-hmm. not going to be there. I think, you know, I think people <clears throat> get caught up to in the, the passion of, you know, I, I spent enough time in Utica. I think my initial, my initial thought right off the bat when the whole thing mm-hmm. first happened was, oh good, they're going to get rid of this, like, block of, like, old, dilapidated, <laughs> sure, crummy buildings sure. that have been dilapidated and crummy right. for however many years. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even before the hospital was a conversation, Kevin and I always talk about this. Yes. We would drive down either mm-hmm. to the Barrack Street or downtown to go do something. And we would drive down the street and we would say to ourselves, I don't know what you could do. Like what, I don't know what magic bullet, what right. store is coming in here, what business right. that's going to suddenly go. I don't care that all the rest of these buildings are falling <laughs> right. down. I'm coming down here to hang yeah. out. And so, in the real, in the really quick first thought of it, I was like, huh, oh yeah, because you could at least we're doing something Section, you could yeah, do something. Yeah. And as you go farther, again, I I sort of leave myself sort of in the middle of this issue. I don't think I've yet to find an argument, and I've talked to both MVHS mm-hmm. on the show, mm-hmm. I've talked to Brett Trude on the show, right. I've had both sides of people on the show. I've yet to find either side who has been able to convince me fully that I should like be yeah, on, like, I, I either side. I'm like, yeah, I kind of like some of the things you have to say. Well, the, yeah. the, the, you
4: know, in yeah. the fairness. And I'll say this. You know, yeah. qualify this. The the no hospital folks. They've been huge supporters oh, of yeah. mine because yeah. we see a lot. We, Look, we Brett's agree, a friend of ours. I, right. I, I, yeah. Right. Oh yeah. We we agree on, on a lot of things. We agree on incremental development. Yeah. Um. We don't. We don't like you know the use of eminent domain. We Let's, don't. You know. There's there's a lot of you know, places our kind of vision yeah. for um er, you know urban revitalization to be on the slower, smaller scale mm. than the bigger, flashier scale. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we share those ideals. Um where I depart I think from them is the approach. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I'm gonna be very, yeah. very honest here. I, I you know, when I saw uh and I get it, I I know there's bad blood on both sides, yeah, and I know yeah. there's been a lot of I I don't know the details, and to be honest, it's not my job to know the details, because I'm an outsider. All I can say, all all I can report on is what I see from afar, and I can say, hey, here's what I'm seeing from a distance, stepping back. That's the viewpoint that I can provide. And what I, you know, when I, when, when the new hospital folks um, went to the point, there was an image on social media, their site, about when they photoshopped the the community leaders into creepy carnies. (laughs) Yeah. That stepped over, I, a, that that crossed the line I for said me. And I'm, and I'm not saying this to no, sway right. anybody or anything like no, that. It's, it's just, that's the point where I, as the as the observer, I, I say, maybe this
0: needs to move on. We talked about it on the show. When they, there was a Photoshop that somebody did. It was like they took the MVHS logo and put like the skull and cross. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just like, I, I'm not even mad about what you did in terms of a Photoshop thing. I'm just saying it's yeah. a bad idea. Optical thing; it makes right. you look like internet trolls, right? Which is not right. necessarily the, the the track you want to take when you have real points that you want to make. Exactly right? the, under the content under, of yeah.
4: their message is very much in line with with yeah. what I believe, and I think you know they've done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, recruiting. Uh, you know, they've they've got a lot of people behind them that believe in in their message. I, I think that's great. I mean, if anything, they've done a phenomenal job of of committing resources, of, of creating a you know a real team, a real unified front, and uh, at least you know from my perspective, and you know that's that's great. We need watchdogs like that, but we also need to as 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 people who kind uh, of who, who who take that perspective. You have to know where that line is, and you have to also be able to work with people eventually maybe not on this project maybe down the line mm-hmm. in 10 years with with the with that kind of you know with that kind of approach are you going to be able to work with the leaders
0: of tomorrow or are people just going to be soured by that message well you spent the morning actually uh, i saw on twitter you spent basically most of the morning in downtown Utah. Sure. uh you went to play bakery went to character i saw you down in the Bag square and uh, all that absolutely coffee, moving around like that. um it does you know it does feel like there's been something moving down there. Oh, absolutely. For, you know and it's been going on since even before I came back in 2014 and even way before mm-hmm. that probably mm-hmm. but looking at it down there like when you were down there did you at least think you'd look around and go like I wonder what this would look like what, how different would this be when the hospital like comes in if it comes in you know, like all that kind of thing? I don't think it's going to change. I think I think I think,
4: yeah. I think the momentum and I agree with you it's so great to see just in the 4 years that I've yeah. been visiting Utica the momentum that, sure. there's I was Pleasantly surprised with what was here when I got here because I I had not heard a good oh. thing about Utica from, from Rochester, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you know it's great to meet the amazing people to see the energy really starting to brew, and now you're seeing that energy really explode. I mean, there's it, it's it's slow, it's small, but that's the way to do it. And uh, there's some great, great you know small business owners that, that we have now, and in, in we <laughs> this is my second city, this is my adopted city. I love it. I love it here, um, you know, but the the. The people that are making a difference are the business owners in downtown. Yeah. Also, the people that are moving into downtown into the new apartments. It's great to see. Mm. Um, I always say it starts with people living downtown again. And that's what's happening in our in, our, in Rochester. I think our population has grown over the last 10 years by 4,000 in, in downtown Rochester. So we're seeing tremendous growth downtown. And you're seeing that here as well. And it's really, really great to see. I see that continuing whether the hospital is there or not. Yeah. Um, so many people, you know, I went to Schenectady when um when before the casino was going to go in right and all the downtown shops and businesses were talking about you know yay or nay was this going to work or wasn't it were they going to get more business were they going to get less business and what ended up happening is i I one day walked into there about a year after the the casino opened and all of them said it hasn't changed a thing it's zero the the change has been zero Mm -hmm. the real change has been from the the, you know, influx of people that are living there and, and kind of realizing Ooh. that it's a cool place again.
0: Well, you're a Cubs fan, you said. As Huge you know, Cubs I, fan. I, Justin and I, Justin Parkinson from to Utica, one of the one of the things we've always said was crazy was, like, we read these stories about, like, um, sports teams, right? Like, yeah. like I think it was like Milwaukee Bucks or whoever mm-hmm. it was. And they, you, they sort of forced these cities <gasps> to pay for these stadiums under the idea that a stadium is a generator of like revenue income and it's not it's just you know and, and thank you for saying that thank <laughs> so you true. Thank you for having that perspective um
4: listen i'm almost not a sports fan anymore from what i've it's, seen yeah. recently from these owners yeah. because they do they 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 hold their cities hostage and say yeah. well if you're not going to pay for our stadium for it we're going to leave and then of course this puts the onus this makes the local government if they say well we're not paying for this it makes then they say we're going to leave and guess what everyone hates them now because everyone loves to support their their, local, their sports team.
0: The only benefit of having a sports team is the ability
4: to say, we are a city that has a sports right, team. Right, right. So, <laughs> people don't understand something about... There, there, there's something I love to talk yeah. about. Somebody did a study, an economic study about uh, Chicago. If you were oh, to right. remove... Because, you know, I'm a, I am ai was from Chicago, mm. Chicago. I was born there. And he, he said, if you were to remove all the sports stadiums in Chicago, I mean, legendary sports teams, Bears, Bulls, Cubs, White Sox, you know, uh, Blackhawks, um, he said, if you were to take all that out, he said the the estimated economic impact would be about half a percent. Yeah, and it, it's, it, it's crazy. And you imagine how much public funding goes into, cre- you know, creating the infrastructure around those stadiums, upgrades, things like that, that these owners basically get for free for nothing, and they're making unbelievable amounts of money with TV contracts now and everything like that. Oh, that's, well, that's the other point, it, it is, I mean, it's... it's uh, it is really sad because I do love sports, but I, I, you're absolutely right. The economic impact of things like that, of large projects like that, are often zero-sum game when you look
0: big picture. That's one of the sad parts about getting older, too, is when you start to find out the seedy details about the things <sighs> you love. Yeah, I'm yeah. a, there's a soccer game out in the background right mm-hmm, now. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Premier League soccer fan. I'm a huge love World it. Cup soccer fan. Love it. And and I, you read about FIFA, you read about these yeah. companies and like building stadiums and then leaving them in the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? But I know. All I- right, let's let's take a go back. We got real heavy here, uh, and we've gotten about twenty minutes into the interview, and I haven't even got to introduce you fully to everybody. <laughs> so let's okay. let's take a break from uh, from downtown stuff for a minute. And let's talk, I did a little bit of research about uh, about you before you came here, and. I have to say and for a lot of folks out there especially you know people who are uh, mutual supporters of you know you uh, the work you do with the Urban Phoenix mm-hmm. and the show a lot of people have asked me for a long time to have you on here <laughs> and you were it's true like you you're a name that pops up all the time sure. and um, I think you know we ran around each other sort of in social media oh, and yes, yes. weirdly I think the first time we ever had any real major interaction on social media was when we got in an internet fight with somebody who wrote a negative article about Utica. Yes, um, yes. And that was sort of the first time we ever like had to sort of come into, into contact with each mm-hmm. other in terms of social media and had to talk. Um, but I did a little bit of research for you, came in, and uh, I think I'm right. So I'm going to do some stuff and you can tell me how wrong I am. Hit right? me. Yeah. Uh, so Aaron, you were born in Victor, New York? I was born in Chicago, Chicago. Illinois. Yeah, but Chicago. I live
4: i lived most of my life in Victor. Uh, is that near? Years. Is that near
0: Rochester? Yeah.
4: It is south of Rochester. It's a suburb mm-hmm. south of Rochester. Yep. So about yep.
0: fourteen thousand population. Uh, it's about
4: a. Th- it was about four thousand when oh, I wow. was there. So yes, got, it you, is you, one of the fastest wow. growing really? small uh, small towns in in upstate New York. Does
0: yeah. that does that seem strange to you now when you go back?
4: It doesn't. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's very rare that we get something like that that happens. A I lot don't. Yet. I
4: don't go back
0: much. Go um, back and nothing much, against really. Victor,
4: you know, and it, nothing against anybody who wants to live there. I'm just. I'm a city guy, and um, mm-hmm. it was wonderful mm-hmm. to grow up in a small town. But now that uh, my, you know, my wife and I are very happy living in, you know, in mm-hmm. Rochester, and and we appreciate everything, mm-hmm. you know, being close to us. Mm-hmm. We don't like long commutes. We don't. Mm-hmm. She's two and a half miles from her work. I'm four and a half
0: miles from mine. We like city life. <laughs> so uh, and it's really well. Listen, I agree with you on yeah, that. I. I grew up with older sisters who lived in New York, and I remember, and we're going to talk about Amtrak in a minute, but mm-hmm. uh, going down to New York City all the time, there's a certain aspect of... I went to New York to visit my sisters at 13, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, yeah, this yeah. is this is, this is is what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. This mm-hmm. is the action. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment in your life early on when you knew that you were a... Uh, I'm going to use the term you used for an article, an urbanist, if you will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really fantastic question, because
4: I, so... The reason we came back to my, my mom has family here. When yeah. My parents split. Um, I was only three years yeah, old, but I was I was split, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, so I would go back and visit my dad in Chicago. Yeah. He still live in Chicago. We mm. moved back here to to the Rochester area, or back to, to back to the Rochester area, and um, you know, I would I would I fell in love with the city, with Chicago, yeah. with the with the vibe um, where I was. You know, living in in Rochester in a suburb of Rochester, I didn't see a lot of diversity. So it was cool to go to. My dad would take me to uh, Mexican restaurants and and you know we eat Thai food and we you know I loved kind of seeing the, the the colorful tapestry of what a city can be. To me, a city isn't so exciting as it is. It's weird. It's comforting. Yeah. Um. I feel like. It's it's a, it's a kind of a beautiful melting pot of people just trying to get along, failing miserably sometimes, but <laughs> succeeding in others, and and you never know what you're going to run into. Um, but there's there's a sort of I don't know. I feel more comfortable in a city, oddly enough, than I do. Uh, in no, a, I think you're so. I think when when Rochester started kind of re- hmm. its revitalization or started coming back, and I started realizing there was. There was elements of big city coming to my smaller city. I think that's when the kind of urbanism piece started coming about, and that's when I
0: started really getting interested interested about city uh, uh, city life. That's cool. Now, I, now, the other thing I think that's really interesting about that too is um, you know you stayed in you stayed in Victor up until high school. I want to say then you went to Naz right Naz Camp Nazareth. Nazareth. Yeah, I was a commuter, right, so in, I still in, yeah. yeah I, still camp, think, camp, yep, mm-hmm. I called it Camp Nazareth. Nazareth like, you yep. went, uh, <laughs> like you went to <laughs> Nazareth camp. College. Yep. Uh, at this point in time, were you ready to go to a bigger city? Were you ready for that college experience? Were you ready to go see something a little bit more? You know, no, not at that point. At that point I, I, I were, have yeah. always said and I love my education
4: in Nazareth. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful. I actually went to Finger Lakes Community College oh, nice. for nice. Uh, for two years, which saved me a ton of money. It was great education. It was great. I went to Nazareth, had a great experience there. Great education. I probably. Looking back, should have gone to a bigger school in a, mm. in, a, in a in a maybe maybe in Rochester, mm. maybe maybe in a bigger city. Finance is figured into that. Yeah. What too, was your you so. in that time? Uh, psychology. psychology, psychology, which I just used on myself. That's all. <laughs> well, I was gonna say you know, okay, which, I'm a history
0: major, and I wonder sometimes <laughs> sure, sure. whether I'll use my history major for you know anything what? history based.
4: But you know what? Though I mean, to be perfectly honest, in, in my you know, I had a concentration in, in sociology and and actually religious studies too, which I was really mm. interested in, even, even though I don't subscribe to any real I've, religion. Yeah, um, I just find it all very interesting because when you talk about cities, you know, we, our, our first, you know, the conjuring images is of, of tall buildings, of concrete, of, you know, oh, yeah. whatever. It's really just people. It, we're, the, the, people make up cities. I, think really- I don't come, to, I don't come to, to Utica for the buildings. I come to Utica because I really have made some wonderful relationships here. I really love to see the energy here. And that's, that's created by people. Wrigleyville was actually
0: the first city that I ever... Uh, the first borough of a city when yeah, I was in Chicago. I had a yeah. my sister lived in Wrigleyville. And that yep. was the first time oh, I had... Yeah. What a great place to live. It was awesome. I went to, uh, I went to a couple games down there um, when my brother-in-law used to go all the time. And mm-hmm. that was one of the first times that I had... Because I'd mm-hmm. been to New York City. I'd been to like Toronto and like Montreal sure. and like, this sort of like northeastern corridor of yep. big cities. yeah Chicago felt different. It, it felt does. shorter. I, I said at the time it felt shorter mm-hmm. and fatter than New York. I was like, it's a yeah. little shorter yeah. and wider. It's yeah. that, such a great description. But there was sort of a a vibe of the, the mentality of the people. It was a, a little, little bit more laid back. People were a little... Uh, Little more easygoing. New York is very—it's New York that doesn't
4: overwhelm you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't. It's it's a city. It's a big city that doesn't overwhelm. It's it's a big city that plays small. Yeah, I think that's you know a lot of. I was just talking with somebody on the train when I came here about this fact about Chicago, and you know we both agreed that it was it was it it felt like kind of every other city Mm -hmm. smaller, smaller sized city we've been to. It it has a a different feel, Um, and if anybody hasn't been to Chicago, go and you will feel differently about it. It's it's great. Uh, So you
0: you you finish uh, Nazareth. You have a psychology said it was. Yep. What What was was the plan at that point in time with that psychology? (laughs) That's a really that's a really good to be an urbanist and write blogs. No, no. Um,
4: I don't know. uh, It's funny because. My senior year, I got really into video production, video yeah. post production, because I worked in the media center there, mm-hmm. and it's something I've always been interested in. In fact, I always walked around with a video, with like a video camera, like even yeah. hanging out with friends and stuff. Oh yeah, and um, it was really weird, uh, you know. But I like to put together these videos. So um, I got a job basically after college, uh, interning. I was I was an intern for a short time at a video post production mm. company in Rochester, which actually no longer exists, unfortunately. But uh, that's kind of where I got my first my first real job, my first big boy job. <laughs> and uh, still waiting on those. And uh, <laughs> and then yeah, and then I actually got hired. Um, somebody left, and I, I got hired uh, shortly after that. Yeah. And and then I got hired well part time, and then I got hired full time after that. Mm. So I was there for about six and a half years, and that that was my first kind of. You know, real, real job, real, real walk into into professional life. So, I, I, oddly enough, I really never actually use my psychology yeah. degree. But like I said, I think it figures into so much about
0: you know what I write about mm. now. Well, I think that's an interesting thing too. You know, like uh, I remember going finishing high school or finishing college, mm-hmm. and uh, I got my history degree, yep. but I had a two point eight you yeah. needed a 3.0 to get into the teaching program. <laughs> so the guy my advisor told me he's like, "Well, you could, you know, you could add you could take some classes and then get your grade up and then, you know, come back or whatever." But then he's also like, "You know what you should do is get into journalism." And I was like, "I don't yeah. know if I want to do that mm-hmm. necessarily." But I wonder now in today's sort of world if having a journalism degree is as helpful as having like a psychology degree or having a degree in mm-hmm. something specific and then also having an interest in writing, right? Sure. Does it mean Again, I think we also grew up with a generation where we were told if you had a degree in something, yes. you would get a job in it and yep. then you'd be set. And I don't know if that's exactly the case. Oh, I, I don't, I don't think it's the yet. case at all. And I'll, <laughs> say,
4: I'll I'll say this, whether you're, you know, uh, I think this. I think if you are a I think if you're a creative person, if if you have a mind that that I don't use the cliche thinks outside the box. Sure. If you're somebody that can that has ideas and kind of isn't afraid to branch out a little bit or try this or dabble in this and fail or or just at least maybe try it and it doesn't work out for you. Something I I've tried a lot of things in my life that hasn't haven't worked. Oh, yeah. A couple of them have. <laughs> it's the fact that I've tried. Yeah. And the fact is the psychology that I, you know, to, that mm. I, I still, like I said, I still use that. I, everything, all of my interest that I had in psychology still has helped me today. It still helped formulate kind of my idea of... Of you know when I when I write, there's a lot of psychology in there. There's a lot of it. so what I took from college is not a waste because I didn't go into it as a career. Sure. In fact, it feeds my my career now. And uh, you know, even at my my job at the University of Rochester, um, you know, I feel like I can take a little. I, I feel like I use my psychology a little bit every day as mm-hmm. far as how to communicate, for example, with with fellow coworkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I do my my. Um, my photography, you know, sure. business. Uh, half of that, especially when you're shooting weddings, is about understanding where people are coming from, sure. understanding when somebody's stressed, why is <laughs> well, obviously, but, you know, understand different cultures, different personalities, different, you know, so I'm, I'm still using that in that. When I write in, for my blog, when I walk into a city, what is the psychology of the city? Mm-hmm. What is the vibe here? What are, where are people stuck? Where are they moving forward? That's all psychology. So I think whatever we went to school for, at least our generation, I, I think we're using that more. We're adapting that
0: into whatever job we take, whatever whatever career path we take. And you almost hinted at it a little bit too, talking about all the things you've done over the years that didn't work out. Sure. Uh, do you think? And this is something I've sort of campaigned for. Yeah. I think we sort of live. And I, I'm not trying to be old man shaking my fist at the sky. No. No. Yeah. Um, my nephew, for example, mm-hmm. let's say we're playing. He's playing a video game. He's mm-hmm. playing. Let's let's just say he's playing FIFA for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. FIFA soccer. Sure. If he's playing against the computer, and the computer scores a goal, yep. he'll turn that game off and start over again, <laughs> right? You know like the oh, game, come on, we did that too. <laughs> we did too, but I think that I do wonder, there was a lot of things I did growing yeah. up that yes. I was terrible at, Yes. yes. Uh, like trying to play piano, yeah. uh, swimming, sure. yes. pretty much every sport that I tried, mm-hmm. yep. anything that involved athletic ability, yeah. anything sure. that involved coordination, right? These are all things right. I was bad at, yes. but... A lot of those things I love. I still love soccer. Mm-hmm. And I had to fight my way through being bad at it mm-hmm. to learn to be good at it. I wonder if we are in a generation where people don't have to accept failure as something they want to do. I'm not good at this, so I'm just never gonna touch it. I'm never gonna try sure. it again. Sure. Do you feel do you wonder if we're not mm-hmm. learning to lose well enough in this generation? Like,
4: I think. I think this generation has been taught, especially, you know, this generation yeah. and younger, has been taught this thing. My mom actually touched on this. Mm-hmm. My mom is, is, a, is, a, is a brilliant, brilliant person, and so much of, you know, what I talk about is stuff that, uh, you know, I, I get from her. She's a phenomenal writer. She's a far mm-hmm. better, better writer than I will ever be. But <laughs> she said this. She said, you know, she said younger generations feel that they have to market themselves. And I think mm-hmm. we were taught that we had to market ourselves. We had to be a, a commodity, a a product. Instead of we just living life and, and going out there and doing what we do. And I think you see that reflected because I think when you market yourself, like if you go into a job interview, yeah. you, you're not going to say, well, I screwed up at this, 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 and of this. Of course. Right? So we, I think we feel, I think, and it's, it's, I think it's even more so for younger generations. Mm-hmm. There's this feel like, there's this feeling like I'm always on. I always yeah. – we, we create digital images of yeah. ourselves as much as we create personal images of ourselves, right? Oh, yeah. oh I mean, And, that's and sometimes
0: a... more so. Well, I <laughs> and... think that's the other side of – I can talk about this podcast, yeah. right? I'm on this yeah. show, mm-hmm. on this podcast, right. as the host and producer, Sam Familaro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, my real name is Sam Familaro, but there is still – whether it exists – whether it's minuscule or not, there's sure. still a difference between Sam Familaro, host and producer of yes. the show who's playing Sam Familaro and me – by myself. You're always 100%. Playing at least a little that's a professional I grew up watching professional wrestling so I do tend to think that like <laughs> no that's it's a, pretty, that's a great example it's, it's yeah. always your yeah. best scenario is your real personality yes. sort of turned up to 11. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I like to in
4: in my writing I, you know sometimes especially on social media I like to I like to call myself out for being a a, a jerk, or, or getting this yeah, yeah. wrong, or something like that. It's like, oh, yeah, have got it. Because you know, now later in life, I realize that it's not so important to be perfect. And mm-hmm. I think that takes time. And I think there's a lot of people that still can't accept mm-hmm. that. Uh, they're still, you know, so driven by this this mm-hmm. thought that they have to be perfect and portray this perfect image or they won't get ahead. I think, I think when you, as you get older, I think people almost appreciate more when you're when you're willing yeah. to show a little bit of vulnerability. When you're willing to show a little bit of, you know. Of, of reality, hey, failed at this, screwed up at this, or I'm really bad at that. But you know what? I'm good at some other stuff too. It's, it's, just, it's just not a young man's game. Yeah, like, exactly. I remember,
0: I can't tell you how many like relationships with friends mm-hmm. or, or girlfriends or whatever, that I've ruined over the years because it was like, well, I'm not going to show them that I have feelings. Right, <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to tell them that they've affected me. Right, yeah, like, yeah, that's. Of I think it, you do have to sort of learn that into your life. You do. You do. You, um, it,
4: it just it takes. Taking a breath yeah. and, and stepping back and, mm-hmm. and realizing that you just don't always have to be on. You just, you, you just, you know, the, the nice thing is what we're doing here. This, this is not an interview. We're having a conversation. I'd oh, yeah. have this conversation with you over a cup of coffee yeah.
0: without the microphone on the same way I'm having this. I just wouldn't back. have my notes in front of me. <laughs> <happen>. uh, <laughs> of course not. That's just me being a professional, uh, capital of course, a capital P Now, uh, I got to ask you uh, very quickly. We haven't gotten around to it yet. When did you initially get hooked up with the Urban Phoenix? Were you there at the beginning? Did you, was it something you connected to or did you? Yeah, I mean, it didn't even have a
4: name for like its first year. Yeah, um, so uh, very long story short, um, basically I I wanted to do a photo blog on on cities that you wouldn't think to spend a day and spend a day there and see what there was to do. So my first stop was Utica and, you know, I I came here and I bounced around and it was four years ago. So it was 2015. 2015. Right in the, uh, right the wheelhouse. Uh, Actually it was it. I think it was twenty uh, twenty yeah, it was twenty five. right of the time maybe um, Utica was like getting that. off the ground. Here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I had this you know, I came here on the train, I spent a day, and I had the best time. I met the greatest people. Yeah. Um why I really Utica, had, I wonder. why Utica? Because I never heard a good thing about it. I'd never heard a, a good point. thing about it. And I, I, I literally, Schenectady, <laughs> same true. thing. I'd never heard a good yeah. thing about any of these towns. The fact is, I came here and realized that there's some, you, you just yeah. have to, you know, you have to pull up the, the rug a little yeah. bit, you know, some in some places. But, you know, there's some, you know, I saw right away. The first thing I saw here, and the thing I continue to see, is, you know, the people that are creating change and are excited yeah. about the future, they're really excited. Oh, yeah. And there is a, there is a, you could tell for so many years, so many decades, people here wanted to feel good about their city, and they just couldn't. They just they, they were scared to. And all of a sudden, you saw this explosion of people that were happy to talk to somebody from the outside, that, that they wanted to tell you all about the history. They wanted to tell you all about what was going on now, and who I should talk to, and what I should do. And it was great to see that enthusiasm. I still see that to this day. It, it's something that really turned me on. So... Basically, I started doing these city tours. I started doing yeah. this in in Schenectady and Binghamton and Troy and places okay. that again you might not Troy. think to spend. A <laughs> I've had day. some time in Troy. <laughs> and Troy now is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. it's incredible. You go to their market in the summer. It's like a third largest market in uh, in in up upst- in uh, New York State. Still confused by their streets. Their streets lot, are interesting. A lot of yeah. one way streets. I'm still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that needs to change. Um, but you know they they really have done a great job. Mm. But. Um, so as I was going to the cities, I started seeing unique and interesting components that led to, yeah. uh, you know, different types of kind of revitalization efforts. Mm-hmm. And what I started doing is it, that's when I kind of named the urban phoenix. And I, and I kind of stepped away from the, I want to say the fluff because it's important to, to sure. highlight and get excited yeah. about the good things that are happening in our city. I started really focusing a little bit more on real, you know, uh kind of ways to look at your city differently, ways to make improvements mm-hmm. to your city. So it's, you know, hey, this is great. We had the celebration. Now let's get down to work. Now let's talk about what we need to do in our cities to take that next step mm-hmm. and make our cities more hospitable places, both for people that live there and people that want to visit. And that's kind of where the urban Phoenix is now. So it's it's kind of gone uh, through a,
0: a little bit of an evolution. Now and you guys are all over the place. I see you on Twitter. I see you on Facebook. I see you. Uh, what's the website for people if they want to go? Right to the website. It's Just...
4: theurbanphoenix.com. Beautiful. I love yeah, it. Yeah.
0: And I wanted to say, I noticed while you were uh, giving uh, that little uh, that little run there, that you didn't. Uh, you used the words "urban revitalization" numerous times before we started this interview. <laughs> uh, we, I said the word "urban renewal" to you, and you, uh, oh, you threw the, uh, the that's the a dirty game word. <laughs> it's a dirty word.
4: So Utica is the only place I know that still uses this, the term "urban renewal" because "urban renewal" is what happened in the '60s and '70s when yeah, they yeah, sure. when they knocked down all the beautiful old buildings <laughs> yeah, and all these cities yeah. and replaced them with like brutalism and mm. and you know these these, these horrible plazas of 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 mm-hmm. nothingness that have absolutely no aesthetic yeah. value or meaning or, or, mm-hmm. or anything like right. that. They replaced all this, you know, beautiful, beautiful original architecture with, you know, prefab stuff. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. In, in the rest of the kind of urbanist world, you say urban renewal, and everyone cringes. So it's yeah. so funny that you still have an organization here called Urban Renewal because well, that's, that's a very dirty word. In I our swear to c- God, I'd never even
0: heard of that as like a thing that people didn't yeah. until just now. So I learned something today. See, you folks, go. you're always learning. <laughs> uh, and I, we talked a little bit about it beforehand too. Like, when I was living in Brooklyn, yeah, uh, gentrification was the big, of course, scary word. Yeah. And one of the things I did actually see, you know, I and I've told this story in a million times on this mm-hmm. podcast, so I'll try and do it as easily as I can for mm-hmm. the poor listeners out there. I moved I wanted to move to Williamsburg in Brooklyn. This was in two thousand eight, okay. which at the time was Like, that's where all the hipsters live. All the the bearded guys look like me. Sure, sure. I want to listen to Radiohead together. and (laughs) and, and Throw on your uh, flannel. Yeah, a lot of flannel. uh, (laughs) And so we got to Williamsburg, and lo and behold, we were too broke to live in Williamsburg. (laughs) Because it was rich uh, rich moms and fancy strollers. So we ended up... What happened is we sort of called it the Williamsburg Sprawl. So what would happen is, like, after... People couldn't afford to live in Williamsburg they moved mm-hmm. out into other areas and we ended up in um bed right, right. right on the edge of bed yep. which was notorious for 20 years before you know I mean sure and in the seven years that I was there mm-hmm. I saw a Michelin star restaurant open up on my street <clears throat> yep. I saw artisanal bread shop artisanal market sure. uh, coffee shop sure. uh, bike shop like all these things open up <clears throat> and it was really cool and it we were like, oh, this is really exciting. But then you look at the old neighborhood, and the yep. old neighborhood is, like, uh, jaded by it. Yeah. Right? They don't like it. Yeah. But then the craziest part to me was five years down the road mm-hmm. when these businesses that had come in yep. and established themselves, yep. rented out these buildings. Those yep. leases come up. The renters go, oh, you guys are killing it. We want twice as much. Right. And they say, well, we can't afford that, so now we're shutting down our business. And yep. all these businesses went away. Yeah. And it's and it was i would never really given it that much context, but that was the first time i had been able to see it in action. Sure. Is there a concern that we could overextend with the amount of stuff we do and eventually it becomes too much and people can't continue what they're doing? There is, and I think part of it... First of all, we have to accept that, you
4: know, growth and, and transformation sure. is not static. It, it doesn't go in one direction. It's going to ebb and flow. There's going to sure. be waves of it. Yes, absolutely. There is a there is an event horizon of of kind of the, mm-hmm. the, the desire to create the next Brooklyn coming out of yeah. New York. You know, it will hit Utica in, within the next yeah. five, six, seven years. People will start coming up and start wanting to buy property here. Yeah. Uh, Troy is very much, uh, you know, it's, it has kind of become that. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, Hudson, who you know, is, which is kind of, it's in between kind of Albany and yeah, New York yeah, City. It's yeah, yeah. a little bit south of Albany that was a place where a lot of people that couldn't afford Brooklyn anymore went and set up shop. That's a beautiful little stretch there in that in that little city on Warren Street. Yeah. So all these you know artisan, you know, shops and and, and boutiques and designers or whatever and whatever and artists all went to to Hudson, started kind of going there because there's, you know, you can take the Amtrak yeah. back and forth. It's so convenient. And you know, they, they created this little this little artist haven there. And then all of a sudden, like you said, <laughs> within five, six, yeah. seven years now people are starting to leave because it's it's they're being priced out and they can't afford it anymore. So they have to kind of move on to that next place and stay ahead of the of the wave. So it's it's something we have to be mindful of. I'm going to I'm not going to say that we should stop. Right, of course, <laughs> right. But we do at some point we have to kind of accept that it exists. Yeah. That money is going to follow money. Yeah. And 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 trends are going to follow trends and just. I don't even know exactly how you handle it. I think no, you, just, I, you have to accept you it just and just to,
0: find your place in it, wherever just, that is. I think is. you just have to be aware of the of the possible outcomes sure, sure. when you go into it. Sure. Like, you can't be naive to what could happen. Look, right if you happen. if you
4: like city life, if city yeah. life is is it for you, whether it's small city, big city, whatever, yeah. you have to accept that it has to be. There has to be some fluidity to yeah. it. You know, part of the reason I like city life is I'm not the kind of person that's going to drop down, mm-hmm. put down deep, deep roots. And sure. it, it doesn't mean that I don't mm-hmm. appreciate deep relationships, the family, everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I believe in living a little more fluid. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want yeah. to be prepared for whatever comes my way. And if, you know, my environment changes, I want to be able, you know, my, my wife and I want, want to be able to you know, move around as, as we need to. Um, you know, I like to be on the go a little more and things like that. And I think the younger generation is starting to get that. I think yeah. you know the idea of kind of putting down those deep roots is not quite as pervasive
0: the, as, as it used to be. This is the experience generation. I'm not gonna <clears throat> buy a house, I'm gonna go to sure. uh whatever, I'm gonna go to Costa Rica oh, yeah, for a yeah. week, right? So and I think that to a to don't a be lot able to buy people, things anymore. <laughs> well that, the experience yeah. is worth the money, right? Like it is. I, I have a lot of crap and you mm-hmm. around my house and i'm like i would trade all this stuff to have left i'm gonna start maria yeah. my house I just, I mean, <laughs> everything is throwing all out uh but i think that that is a the experiences now are what people want to spend their money on something they can remember but also i think something they can take yes. a picture in front of be <laughs> like hey yeah. look who i am uh, yeah. but i, th- uh, I think but that's part you, of it too you touched on a great point is is it's the camera
4: phone is it, is, it, is, it, is it to it, the experience yeah. is now being able to, to document, to document that yeah. experience yeah. and tell your friends mm-hmm. about that experience and share yeah, that experience you know, maybe when you were a kid, you, you know, you got the new bike and what was the first thing you did? You showed it off to all your friends, right? You rode down the street and said, Hey, check it out. Hey, check it out. Now you go to, you know, we just bought tickets to Scotland for our honeymoon and you know, we're going to take a lot of pictures. I mean, you know, we're going to love it and appreciate everything about it. But
0: we're probably going to take a lot of pictures and send them home and say, hey, look where we are. I can't even tell you how many pictures or photos I've taken at like concerts or events sure. I'm like, I'm going to take this photo so I can yep. remember it and I will never look at it Never look at it. <laughs> never look at it ever again. Uh, so I, I've i already kept you way longer than I thought I was going to. <laughs> um, this has been great, by the way. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying so, uh, I do have one more uh, relatively serious question, then we'll get into the uh, the fun stuff. And this isn't so much a serious question, I just guess. Um, can you give me, in your most general way, how you would compare the Rochester experience right now to the Utica experience like in terms of what's going on there and what's going on here? Sure, sure. It's the same but bigger. It's <laughs> but Rochester. bigger, right. right.
4: Um, you know, obviously a city with, I don't say more resources because it's all sure. kind of relative. Obviously we've, we have more space mm-hmm. to take care of. But Rochester, I, I do feel like there is a little more, oh, appreciation of how this goes, how the revitalization sure. works. Yeah. There's a lot of good young, patience,
0: maybe? Uh, mm, I don't know about that.
4: <laughs> I would say that there's a lot of forward-thinking Board, young yeah. minds that are starting to establish themselves sure. in our community uh, that are really talking about things like transit, things like uh, bike yeah. infrastructure, uh, things like public space, the importance of public space yeah. to the health of a city. They're starting to see that that kind of, you know, we have some amazing universities. How do we retain these students? Yeah. Uh, how do we create, a, a you know, an, a, a, an environment that welcomes small to mid-sized business growth? How do we create an environment that's attractive to maybe a mid-sized business that might want to expand or relocate to Rochester? Mm. And it's about... These people are really, really smart, far smarter yeah. than I will ever be. And we have a wealth of that, of people that have an understanding, a broader understanding of how this has worked elsewhere and how do we apply these uh, these ideas uniquely to our city. I, I see a lot of very excited minds here. I see a lot of great thought. I see a lot of uh, enthusiasm. I don't see that broader perspective quite. I don't see yeah. that, you know... I don't see people exploring what happened over here, what happened over here, what worked here, what worked here. I still see people saying, well, Utica is unique. So I hate to break it to everybody, it's not. I mean, <laughs> it, it, there are beautifully unique elements, and I think the people here are tremendous and incredible. But the same things that Utica struggles oh, yeah. with are the same things that almost every I mean, single in the Rust every single city in the Rust Belt struggles with. So what, what doesn't work over here is probably not gonna work over here. Mm-hmm. What does work over here is probably gonna work over here. So we have to look outside our communities to, to, to the big picture and see what's working elsewhere. That's the real difference that I see right now if you know, uh, with regard yeah. to how you how Rochester is revitalizing and, and how Utica is. Uh,
0: I have three topics <clears throat> here for you. Uh, hit me. And uh, let's go. I'll let you pick whatever one you want to go further oh. in on. All right? all right. I like this. this First is one good. is bicycles. Yes. Second one is Amtrak. Okay. And the third one is Bryce Harper. So any of these three things, <laughs> any of these oh, things. Oh, let's hit all three. Come on. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So <laughs> well, let's let's start let's, let's, with Amtrak really quickly. Sure. I, I, we've yep. touched upon I it. You do have quick. a 1140, uh, 1140 train back to Rochester. I do. I'm literally here for like three hours. No. And, and, and uh, that
4: would be um, four hours
0: in the train. Yeah. I, I mean, I... Weirdly, for me, I spent most of my time on Amtrak mm-hmm. between New York City and here. Yep. Growing up, I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. visiting my sisters, visiting family. Uh, and I would do it mostly on my own. Yep. And for me, what always I remember about the Amtrak is it would be such an adventure when I was younger. It is. And it was. I was just getting into the era when, and again, this will really date myself. Mm-hmm. I had a cassette, a CD Walkman <laughs> with the 60-second shock protection oh, so you can man. shake it right yes, but yes. that was the thing I would go to the record store I'd go to Last Unicorn <laughs> yep. and I would buy some two records or whatever two sure. albums and I would listen to them on the way down and the way back and they would yep. be part of the mm-hmm. thing and it was this this visceral sort of almost romantic experience yep. Uh, you seem to be pretty active on the Amtrak. Why do you, is it, do you have, did you have an experience like that growing up, or do you just like the concept of it, or? I've always loved trains. Yeah.
4: I don't know why. I'm one of those weird train people. Mm-hmm. It, it just adds to the tapestry of weirdness that is Arian Horvitz. Um, <laughs> 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 I've, I've been, obs- I mean, yeah. growing up in Chicago, that's where every train basically comes through, from the country. Actually, if you look at <laughs> the a train point. map across the country, <laughs> everyone meets up in Chicago. Um, I've always loved them. I think it's really interesting when we talk about trains and public transit, you know, uh, the why did I make the decision to take the train here instead of a car, right? I am from the generation we like to be active on something. We sure. don't like to, to, to feel like our time is being wasted and mm-hmm. taken, taken up by something else. So here's where I went in my head. I can ride the train for two hours here. And or two hours and fifteen minutes or whatever it is, and which often turns into three hours on Amtrak. Let's be realistic. (laughs) So I can write a blog. I can I can you know write some. I have a couple things. I can edit some photos. I can take care of um, a lot of business, a lot of work that I can kind of kind of do, and I can do it casually and leisurely on the train, or I can just have two hands on the wheel and white knuckle it for two hours here, or and then two hours home. I'm. On the train, I'm 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 traveling. I'm productive. Yeah. It's comfortable. Actually, I can go to the cafe car oh, yeah. if I want to. I can stretch get food out a little or, bit. Yeah, exactly. Nice. It's it, you know whoever if you haven't done it, try it because it, yeah. it is a lot of fun. So I think this generation, we like to use our electronic equipment. We like yeah. to be constantly connected. We like to be constantly working on something or doing something. We don't like that wasted time that we spend in the car. That's no, why true. you're seeing a generation that's kind of shifting maybe away from putting the car uh, you know, at the forefront of our lives. Well, that's how
0: we're going to get to the, uh, the what do you call it, the, um, the remote control cars. Not the remote control. Uh, the uh, the, the uh, driverless, cars. driverless cars. cars. That's, that's driverless that's starts, yeah. I still can't. It's I, not, not, not going to work. <laughs> I just don't I don't know if I trust it. Like If I'm in the passenger seat <laughs> yeah. of someone else driving and yep. they take a corner too bad, I'm like, oh, God. Right. And I can't imagine a robot I'd feel comfortable with. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about biking. When I was living yep. in New York, mm-hmm. uh, biking was constant. Bike lanes everywhere in Brooklyn. Yep. We would bike between all sorts of different uh restaurants and bars don't bike between too many bars folks uh, just, but in general it's a thing that people i, I do it a lot yes yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh do you i don't see as much uh bicycle scooter motorcycle type infrastructure here in utica in terms of bike lanes do you feel like we're making a mistake or missing out on something in terms of that i think that it's not a priority here sure. yet yeah. yet yes and 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 that
4: that may be coming um you know, in smaller cities, it's it's harder to justify it. It's harder yeah. to kind of find the, uh, you don't, I mean, you just don't have as many people sure. that are in the bike culture. Yeah. And, and when I talk about bike culture, I think everyone wants to picture the hipsters, okay? And right. Listen, I, yeah, I've probably. got a lot of friends that bike, and they are from a lot of different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Some make a million bucks a year, mm-hmm. some make nothing. Yeah. Uh, some are hipsters, and some are just, you know people that, you know, want a different way to go about maybe don't want to go to the gym. They want to get their work out of the way to work. Um, There are some that, you know, wear the spandex, and there are some that are perfectly happy, like me, in in jeans and a shirt. And, um, you know, so I think in in smaller cities like this, I I think bike infrastructure will come. It's just going to take time. You have, the cool thing is you have a lot of streets anyway that lead to kind of what we what we call bike boulevards, yeah. And it's the idea that um, you know you have a lot of lightly traveled streets. So the bigger the city, the more you almost have to build bike infrastructure, right? Because you have fast moving traffic, multiple lanes of fast moving traffic. Um, here, you can kind of. I'm not going to ride up and down Genesee Street. I'm going to take the small back roads to get to where I'm going to kind of piece my way to, you know to from let's say the train station to here, uh, you know. So. You, because you have that piece, there really isn't quite the the
0: need for 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 bike lanes like there might be in a in a larger city. Um, I think you see. I saw the city bikes coming in last, like in New York, the city bikes were a yep. big thing, mm-hmm. right? And then Utica put up like the Utica bikes, <laughs> yeah. which are starting yeah. Yeah, we have it too. Yeah. I I do think though they're going forward. Like know, again, I'm not trying to be negative. Yeah. Utica has notoriously had horrendous public transportation. Oh Our yeah. Bus schedules yeah. have always been sure. bad. The up until the. Uber and Lyft folks, and I'm not here to, to go up and down on the benefits of Uber and yep. Lyft in terms of companies, but they do really well here because sure. Utica has never really leaned into the fact that there's not many taxis and the buses don't run all that great here. So I'm yeah. slightly surprised that bike culture isn't a little more uh, prevalent here, honestly. it's It's...
4: It's it's not it it tends not to be so prevalent in smaller cities yeah. because again there isn't that investment in the culture. When you invest right. in the bike culture, that's one of the few things that as an urbanist, you, that, that it's if you build it, they will come. I, right. I don't usually yeah, like yeah. to take that stance on things. Mm-hmm. Bike culture tends to be that way. If you build bike
0: infrastructure. Uh, The more you build, the more you're going to see people using it and getting interested in it. If you haven't already, you should check out David Byrne's excellent book, uh, Bicycle Diaries. Ah, no, I I know of it, but I've not read it. When I was living in Brooklyn, everyone I knew was Mm -hmm. like David Byrne's book, man. (laughs) Uh, So I saw you... uh, Let's talk about Bryce Harper really quickly. Oh, yeah. Let's Uh, do it. I'm a Yankee fan, so you have to understand that I don't care about money that they give any of these players. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, 13 years, $330 million. Uh, Is there... (laughs) Are you mad at him for Signing the contract, or are you no. mad at baseball for offering it?
4: <laughs> here's, here's, the... here's the nuts thing. I mean, what are you going to get five years that's going to come anywhere close? Of, of performance, you no, going no to come close. And I get it, his ceiling is so high. He could, he could, he had an off year last Damn. year, and his OPS, I think, was still mm-hmm. like 900. I mean, that that's and it was considered a bad year. It's like, oh, sure. he just hit 249. Um, sorry if you're not a baseball fan, yeah, but that's I'm to okay, go here. Well. But you look at what, he, you know, he, he walks so much, and he he is such a a threatening force in the mm-hmm. lineup. He's one person that can make a lineup better instantly. Yeah. instantly. Oh, yeah. he, he will do that in Philly. Uh, I think Reese Hoskins is going to hit 50 home runs this year because yeah. of Bryce Harper. Yeah. Um, you know, but you look at, I mean, you look at, like, A-Rod. I mean, being a Yankee fan, <laughs> what kind did you get, what, $25 uh, million
0: dollars of value no. out, of, out of his last... You know, four Uh, or five years in New York. No, you probably got about eight million dollars. Well, I think it's the question about it though. Okay, so think about it like this, right? So for a Rod, I kind of didn't like the contract when it happened, sure, and I knew that we were never getting that money back. Contracts, I hate them. My only way I could justify it is not my money, right? Right. Right. If they want to spend it, spend what they want. Uh, But a lot of times when you see baseball contracts, Mm -hmm. I think, especially with baseball, for whatever reason, a lot of these players tend to make most of their money Mm -hmm. on the back ends. Right. After the, course. like, look at Albert Pujols, of course. right? Oh, Albert gosh. Pujols made... One of the most disastrous, disa- yeah. disastrous contracts. You're yeah. paying for production that already happened. <clears throat> I think right. with Harper, he's what, 26, 26, 27? yeah. So you're probably still going to get, let's say, let's call it four years of, in his four prime, now, right? Yep, yep. Even if that's the case, you had nine years on the back end of that contract. Nine you're years. For, nine it's gonna years be like Bobby a, Bonilla, reward. where they're gonna be paying him
4: four years after he's retired. Yeah, except yeah. it's not gonna be what 000, 000 a, gonna a million be, dollars it's a gonna year. Not a million dollars a year. Twenty-five million a year, or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> oh. I, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of these big contracts, no. and I, I don't fault the players for it. They're just trying to get their value. And listen, the union in baseball is so huge that nobody's yeah. gonna sign for less than what they're worth because they'll get blackballed. Of by other players and by the players' union. So there's a lot of politics involved in that. But um, I, I think you know for for the big con to be honest being a Cubs fan I hope we don't sign Chris Bryant to a long sure, contract you know sure. what let him walk he's a type A free agent we're going to get a draft pick you know a co- compensatory draft pick in return for him and to be honest we've got we need to refill our farm system Well, that um, was the thing so you know I, I think it's I think it's crazy every Almost every time teams have invested huge
0: amounts of this kind of money, it has blown up in their face. This is like the Yankee fan in me, right? When it got to about two or three days before he signed, mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, you know, we don't need Bryce Harper right. or Manny Machado. We need right. pitching. Right. But if yeah. no one's going to pay this guy, if, right. no, if no one wants to give him a contract, do we not just want to throw—we are the Yankees, right? Like. Do we not just want to give this guy money, right? right. right like, and uh-huh. at the end of the day, like I'm glad they didn't spend it. Of course, but part of, of me was thinking to myself like it's very un-Yankees to not just irresponsibly throw
4: money at. Somebody. It's because <laughs> even the Yankees have involved though. They have these metrics now that yeah. say that you know at this point if there's nobody yeah. left and whatever you know they, they know now, George would have spent it.
0: Uh, he, wouldn't, he would. He would. He's old school. Let's be real. Uh, <laughs>
4: Cash was, oh, Cash sure. was like nah no, no, no. nah nah. We're gonna go with the metrics on uh-huh. this. So it's 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 really interesting. You know, and the thing that that, that I always say about baseball is these players are making so much money these players are making so much money still the difference between what the owners are making and what the players are making is the gap is actually widening so it's not like owners are spending Mm -hmm. way more of their money they're not making any with tv contracts
0: and everything like that right now owners are making far more money than players than they ever have Uh, folks you can uh follow arian and his work at urban phoenix on twitter at theurbanphoenix.com Com. That is correct. Uh, before I let you go, I will link everything, by the way, in the in the article and in the website. I do have some lightning round questions for you. Can Let's you do, do a couple it. lightning round questions yeah. before you leave? All right. These are the same five or six questions we ask everybody who's been on the show since episode <laughs> 40-ish or whatever. Uh, Aaron, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Oh, cream and sugar. As you've, have you never been... Converted over to the black coffee. I have this argument all the time because I struggle to go to black coffee online.
4: Look, I'm a whiskey drinker. I'll drink straight True. whiskey. Yeah, I, I, and that. that's.
0: And I'll, I'll go
4: there with you. Like I love love bourbon. Right. It's my thing. But for whatever reason, I like my coffee sweet.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know what? Though? I will say if you give me an iced coffee.
4: Yep. I can drink that. Black I don't coffee. like the. I don't like the hard acid you know, of the acid. coffee. I need a little yeah. little, little tempering. Right. Little tempering of the right. flavor. What was your first automobile? It was a uh, it was a Plymouth Colt. A Plymouth it was Colts? it was a white Plymouth Colt. It was the it was literally just four walls and a, and a lawnmower engine. Oh man, what year yeah. was that? It was oh gosh, I can't even remember. Um, but it was it was a four speed standard. I've always I oh, learned wow. on standard. Yep, yep. And Which no one knows how
0: to do anymore. By the way, <laughs> I still own a standard. <laughs> Good always for you Have him. and. Um, I'm trying to look at Plymouth Colt on my phone. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so it was
4: it was this white little little tiny little like a wagon some, type yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a little hatchback oh, thing. Yeah.
0: So uh, it was the nickname was the Tic Tac. I had a uh, everyone. It's funny you had that because they used to name all my cars. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I had an Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra that everyone just referred to as the De Niro because it looked like a car that Robert De Niro would drive. They're like, oh, it's, you're taking the De Niro. That off. is so perfect. Um, that I can't even say that's amazing. You, you may or may not have taken your Plymouth Colt to see it, but what was your first live music event?
4: Ooh! Uh, it was classical music my mom prof- nice. was a professional violist uh, she yeah. teaches now so it, it, was, um, it would have been probably the Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra nice. actually no, that's not true live music would have been Grant Park in Chicago 4th hmm. of July uh, the Chicago Symphony played oh, and nice. they shot off fireworks
0: in Grant Park oh, that would be it I, 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 I have this small tiny little memory from yeah. when I was like 3 years old of that uh, this is the question that always throws people off. I usually give it to people before the episode starts, and I forgot to, so I'm sorry. I just you. <laughs> um, give me, uh, If you could sit down with uh, to have dinner with any person, living or dead, who is not your family, who would it be and why? Oh, I have to say uh, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking, Stephen Hawking yeah. Carl
4: Sagan. I was so into oh, yeah. space science I um, when I was younger, yeah. and um, just unbelievable minds and unbelievable ability, not just... To, to to you know grasp these in, incredible concepts and uh, you know and be revolutionaries but to be able to communicate them mm-hmm. to the average person yeah. that's what I try to do with my urbanism is mm-hmm. I try to take these kind of complex urban concepts and and make them digestible mm-hmm. and I think not just their their incredible minds but their ability to communicate their information that they were yeah. experts on um, that
0: to me it was that that's that's pretty amazing I would have loved to pick their brains. Sagan is an interesting one that's one mm-hmm. i uh, I kind of I got pulled back into Carl Sagan when they redid Cosmos a couple sure, years ago, of and really, you learn you know, what a fascinating so man. You know? And, s- yeah, yeah. And I, read, I remember reading <clears throat> even in the first episode of the New Cosmos when mm-hmm. uh, when Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about meeting Carl Sagan yes. as a young man, I was like, yeah. wow, what a crazy story! Like to, I don't know, just what a world we live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was a Cornell guy. You yeah, know, he was at Cornell mm-hmm. for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching.
4: Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Uh, I am... Re- okay, I'm reading a book called Happy City. And I've actually city. read this book before, but I'm kind of going through it again and taking mm-hmm. points. So it, it's a great book because it you know, it talks about... We so often talk about cities as economic generators, and they are, and that's one of the beautiful things of it. But we don't often talk about cities as being places that make people happy. Mm. What is it that... You know? If you can live in a city and have a higher quality of life... Mm what do you have to do to your city in order to make that happen? And the the whole idea is if you have a better quality of life, you're going to create an environment, you're going to be more activated mm-hmm. in an environment that you want, the, the environment that you want to see around you. You're going to be on more councils and, and, and neighborhood associations. You're going to get active in your community. If you are happy, you're going to take ownership over your space and and, and your city awesome. and, your, and your place. There's a lot more to it, but it's just a wonderful book.
0: Happy City is the book. And uh, last but not least, again, thank you so much for joining <clears throat> us this week. Uh, thank you. Besides... Uh, Urban revitalization. Uh, besides biking, besides journalism, give me one more thing that you are passionate about. I'm passionate about people, mm. and
4: uh, it's, I, I, I can't say this enough. When I came to Utica, um, you know, the thing that turned me on really was the outreach, the outpouring of, of support from people, and the, the, the people that were so passionate about their city that they could not wait to tell me about it. Yeah. And that enthusiasm to me, that that makes me go forward. I love photography. I love yeah. my but more than anything, when I, I love wedding photography because I get to see passionate, enthusiastic people. I get to see people on their best days every weekend. Yeah. So for me, whether I'm whatever I'm doing, um, it's always about people, and it's always about connecting with people. It's always about you know taking a positive approach. It's about uh, meeting in the middle on people you disagree with, and uh, it's 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 about a, you know we our cities, our communities. Our individual conversations, it's about engaging people, understanding people, and and realizing that we're all in this together.
0: Uh, At Urban Phoenix on Twitter, uh, theurbanphoenix.com. You can check out all of his uh, current and archive writing. I really enjoyed going through some of it this morning. This was a real pleasure. I'm sorry it took us so long to get to where we are today.
4: This is is amazing. And I got (laughs) to say one more thing. Oh, sure.
0: I I love what you've created here with the UCAS. Thank you.
4: I think, you know, forums like this where people in a community can come together from kind of all walks of a community and can come together and have these long form conversations. This is so, so vital, what you're doing well, here. You, you right. provide a, a wonderful service to this community. I, I know so many people are such big fans well, of your well, work. Well, thank you. You know, I
0: uh, I think that, you know, again, <clears> not <throat> to extend even further, but I when I was living in New York yep. and I fell into listening to podcasts. I always go back. It was Mark Marin and Bill Simmons mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just sort of this idea that I would walk through the city and I would sit in the subway and I would listen to these these little conversations. And it felt very visceral. It felt like something alive and uh you know, I I always say I give Maiden Utica and Justin and Kate a lot of credit for when I when I came in and yep. they said, Do whatever you want. Yeah. Do and I said, Let me do the podcast yeah. and it's been. I'm shocked sometimes by how many people have decided they actually want to come to this crummy little apartment in South Utica <laughs> and have a conversation with me. And I, I hope that uh, we continue to get more people coming in and having conversations with us. For it's been an exciting start of 2019. So I'm looking forward to 200 episodes, and then yeah, congratulations. Uh, and then every week after 200, I'll just say this is nice. the last. <laughs> every week, I, <laughs> yeah. congratulations! Thank sister. you. I, I think it's fantastic. I appreciate Thank you, so, you so, so much for having me. I appreciate it, uh, folks. We're back to the show in just. a minute. Thank you, once again, uh, to Arian Horvitz, uh, urbanphoenix.com, Urban urbanphoenix on Twitter. Um, yeah, great conversation. Uh, we'll have to have him back on.
3: Not to be confused with Utica Phoenix. Totally different close. thing. We
0: talked about that as yeah, well before. Not the same thing. Uh, all right, so before we get into this week's history lessons, which are okay... Uh, I'm bringing back something we used to do uh, before, or I used to do, where I would just steal questions from other blogs and ask them to you guys because I thought this was an interesting I one. I like that. Oh, okay. So, so this is a letter from a, a different. Food. Yeah, it's a different. A letter from a kind different. Kind of questions. Uh, diff- yeah, uh, and that's it's about. A question.
3: They were reading me a letter.
0: It's a letter, but it has a question in it. Okay.
3: Oh jeez. I'm no, a br-
0: now you like it. You like it. You like it. I'm a barista server at a small cafe where the French owners are very enthusiastic about the whole French thing. Eiffel Tower photos, signs of France, there's also a playlist of a dozen French songs throughout the day, and after four months on the job, I'm about to lose it. The soundtrack never changes, and a solid half of it is Edith Piaf. I, particularly, I practically know French now. You'd think I'd be able to tune it out uh, more as time goes on, but it's the opposite. It's actually more distracting. The cafe isn't busy during breakfast and lunch, so I often have downtime while I'm cleaning and just listening to the same songs over and over and over. My other co-workers agree with me, but I'm afraid the owner will think it's trivial if I bring it up or think we're whiny. But seriously, it's making me crazy. Help. Uh, Kevin, just because you and I have worked in lots of restaurants, and Heather, I'm sure you've worked in businesses that have played the same songs over and over again Maybe your time at Radio Shack. I don't know what that was like. Uh, have you ever
3: had this issue and how have you dealt with it? This person is whiny. Yeah. 100 percent And if they really want to make a stand, then stop cashing the checks. Ooh. Okay, but you're still gonna cash the checks, so be quiet. <laughs> um now what you can do is in this in this scenario, what I would probably do is you go and you you can find a creative solution to the problem. Okay, so you got a playlist that's got twelve songs on it. You approach your French owners be like, hey guys, you know I'm working here all the time. Love working here, you guys got a great place, you know. I love you guys. Um and it's really cool having all this French music, but it's a lot of the same songs. Is there any other cool French music that we can mm-hmm. play? Just because mm-hmm. customers are always saying, I keep hearing the same songs when yeah, we're always yeah, yeah. playing. So let's get some other French music in here. And then you back door them and put new French music on the thing, and then you cash your checks, do your work, and go home. Hmm. Any is- thoughts?
1: Get a new job. New job. Yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> Stop if, whining and get yeah, a new job. Yeah, if the music that
3: plays <laughs> is enough to make you leave your yeah, job, if, then leave it. If a job.
1: that's all you had to write it about going on in your life, too, yeah. then... Yeah, to,
0: be, to be fair, this was a blog about, like, food service and stuff. So, I mean, you know, oh, take that for what it is. But approach the people. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll say this. I've dealt with this in a couple different ways. Uh, I used to work in a corporate-style record store, and you'd think that's cool because they'd play all sorts of music, but what they would do is they would send you sampler CDs that had the songs on them and then also like little bits in between like oh, also on sale this week and <laughs> here's maroon five right and then so you didn't have a whole bunch of freedom that, you couldn't go out there and just take cds off the racks like we're gonna play this one maybe yeah. someone will like it and come buy it uh but what you would just do is basically when the bosses weren't there you would do that mm-hmm. that's how you'd get around it um i think other jobs too like especially restaurant jobs and uh, bartending type jobs especially if it's not a huge restaurant there's a lot of times you can probably get away with just changing the music if you know how to do it. I mean, like, you sort of have autonomy in certain aspects. As, like, a bartender, you know that. Uh, you can pick what the music, can't you? Cute. Well, it depends on your place. Yeah. You
3: certainly can't, like, a place like Delmonico's has got a playlist that it's they play true. ad it's infinitum part of at 10 restaurants 365 days a year.
0: Italian restaurants, in I think, in general, are really yeah, yeah. notorious no bad I
3: mean, Yeah, it, it totally yeah. depends on your place. Like, you know, the bar that I work at... Um, anytime I'm there, I'm generally there alone. And my boss is even, like I mean and I mean alone, like I'm not working with other people. The boss, and the bosses like what I play and they think that I've got great taste because uh, they're, That's they tell me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm we sorry. Just, sorry I wish this was a video all of a, sudden, I'll tell you what, all of a sudden, Heather comes in with a blazer and now she's too good for everybody. Now she's too good for everybody. Heather's it. got a blazer. Oh, she go home and give the kids some medicine.
0: Oh, good stuff. Uh, bits some other blogs. Maybe I'll find that again next week. All right, let's blast through some of these history lessons because I don't really love the first four. But I... History,
3: Heather. She's history. <laughs> history. Oh
0: my god. Uh, on this day, uh, nineteen thirty, Babe Ruth signed a two-year contract for one hundred and sixty thousand dollars with the New York Yankees. Uh, GM at the time predicted no one will ever get paid more than Babe Ruth. Let me tell you something, my friend. That is incorrect because earlier this week, Bryce Harper made $330 million over 13 years on a contract. I mean, good for him. I don't, I get. That's crazy. Great for him. I don't understand when people get mad about this because honestly, there's no person in the world who would not sign that deal, no matter what the job was. Yes. $330 million over 13
3: years. I'll do whatever you guys tell me to do. That's fine.
1: Play your favorite sport (laughs) for.
3: Yeah. 26 years old, full head of hair, $300 million. Everything's coming up bright. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Do you guys know who the. uh, I actually found a list of the top 12. These are the top 12 highest earning career total athletes of all time so these are the athletes who've made the most money over their career total who do you guys think is number one bunch of lame soccer guys
1: yeah I know I was gonna- <laughs> actually
0: I'll say a bunch that, of soccer i'll say Neymar. I actually went down to number 12 because that was No, to number 12 was the first soccer player that I thought of does the, it only count contractual earnings? Or do we count no. endorsements? Endorsements as well. Endorsements. Michael well. Jordan. Michael Jordan, number one. Yeah. Uh one point eight five billion yeah. dollars as of twenty seventeen. Yeah, I mean, he's got the Jordan brand, yeah. so that's uh, that's not even really fair. Yeah. Uh Tiger Woods, uh, one point seven billion at number two. We wouldn't Ar- have thought of Tiger, but that makes
3: perfect $1. sense. Yeah. And then
0: Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, and Michael Schumacher, uh, yeah, yeah. three, four, and five, all one point four through one billion. Uh Phil Mickelson, Kobe Bryant, David Beckham, Floyd Mayweather, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo. I think the interesting ones are Phil Mickelson, uh, LeBron James, and Cristiano Ronaldo because they're pretty much active. Tiger, I guess, too, is still active. So they could could still continue making money. Oh, Although yeah. I well, suppose well, Jordan's
3: still making money too. That's
0: true. Jordan's got like Brands so I guess that just yeah, Jordan. All of them do tiger brand. Hopefully we'll that's see another women thing
1: too. on there sometime making lots of money.
0: I'm trying to think like I guess Serena's like the most yeah, famous. Yeah, can... But does she have like branding stuff the way that like yeah. Jordan does? Yeah, I, so,
3: I mean not no, not the way Jordan not, does. But like yeah. people, do, it's tennis. People don't buy. That's yeah, true. Not, yeah, tennis buying... athletic gear. You know no, what I mean. Yeah. That's always the thing, you know. Yeah, it'd be cool to see some women on there, but like people have to go watch women's sports. Yeah. Thing, you know what I mean? It's true. It. And That goes to both the guys and the girls. So I don't see a lot of girls buying WNBA tickets either. Yeah. <laughs>
1: what is your issue with me today? Nothing.
3: I got no issue. <laughs> it's with That you. blazer, you got them all.
1: I'm never wearing a blazer in this house ever again. <laughs> I got no. It's not, I came that's right not an from issue work. with
3: you. I think the blazer looks great. I think thank you, 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 you look lovely, and I'm so thank happy you. for you. That you have your new Thanks. job. Thanks. Thanks. Makes me very happy to so know uh, how much uh, it means to you. Oh, uh, thank you. So how about that? Is okay. that good?
1: History. Let's finish.
0: On this day, 1978. First ever radio episode of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams is transmitted on uh, BBC4. Uh, this is most widely popular as novel series, although the movie was quite good. I do love the movie. Oh,
3: you do? That's the one with, uh, who's in that?
0: Sam Rockwell. Um, yep. Uh, most F. I was going
3: to say, I knew um, it was like a rapper. Martin and, Freeman. And Most F was
0: in that. And right. Zoe Deschanel.
3: Pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman plays the voice of a depressed robot. He's very funny. That is a fun movie. good friend of the podcast, uh, Aaron Villardi, is a huge, huge supporter of the movie as yeah. well. Yeah.
0: Uh, the series on radio is actually notable for the use of sound, being the first comedy series to, pr- to be produced in stereo, uh, and much of the programming's budget was actually spent on sound effects. I think this is why we've slipped down the number two on Stitcher, guys. We're not using enough sound effects. We need to get more sound effects on the show. I think that's, that's
3: true. Yeah. That's
0: true. Uh, I'm gonna skip past 1983, because I don't care. Uh, Ronald Reagan's second known term, uh, use of the term evil empire to refer to the Soviet Union. Uh, I mean... I was gonna do a whole thing about the Soviet stuff going on. I don't know. It's fine. You I gotta say, I'm not enjoying this reboot series that we're living through right now. So far, as much as the original, it's less interesting. No, uh, no,
3: no, no, no. The, back then, the Republican president was saying that the Russians were bad guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's why I don't like this reboot. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, yeah. They're not faithful. Um,
0: all right. So, uh, also on this day in 1990. Um, New York's version of the Zodiac Killer, Umberto Cedilla, committed his first murder. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because I think that we should pitch this to HBO for the next season of True Detective Season 4, all right? So, uh, this guy was an American serial killer who admired the Zodiac Killer, Mm -hmm. and, uh, he was a recluse, and he was obsessed with astrology, and he would attack people throughout New York City, and he sent taunting messages to the police and journalists after the crimes, and he based his codes on the International Maritime Signal Flags. Um, now, I gotta say, I like this because he gets caught. So a lot of these movies, they, uh, they make it ambiguous. You could actually catch him in the end. Good climax. All right, anyway. Uh, the killer's letters to police, uh, claim that he had selected victims based on their signs of the Zodiac and implied that he would only act in certain times when specific stars were visible in the night sky. Police consulted a professional astronomer whose predictions about when the killer would strike proved somewhat accurate. So probably don't tell people when you're going to
3: commit crimes if you that's want to get away idea. with it. Yeah, but the whole, I think that's the whole thing about serial killers, right? Like that's they, true. They love to taunt and be like, mm. yeah, I'm going to do this and you can't stop me because it's a power trip for a lot of serial killers, you know what I mean?
0: It's true. Uh, New York police considered the possibility that the Zodiac Killer may have relocated to the East Coast and resumed his crimes. However, a handwriting analyst in consultation in California ruled out this possibility I think if we're yeah. selling this as a series, we actually do sell that as a potential idea, yeah. though, right? Mm-hmm. Before they catch him in the end. Well, besi- I mean,
3: besides, everybody knows Zodiac Killer moved to Texas and became a senator. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's very true. What his name Ted Cruz? <laughs> he calls himself. Well, Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer. I believe that. Yeah, that's it's a good true. twist,
0: though, at the end too. True. Have it be Ted Cruz. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on this day, 1996, one uh, of my favorite movies, Fargo, directed and written by Joel mm. and Ethan Cohen, was released in the United States. You don't, you don't like Fargo? No, I've never
1: seen it. You never saw Fargo? I know, don't, don't, don't judge me.
0: I'm not judging you. It's a good one, though. You should see it if you haven't. Uh, starring Frances McDormand as Marge Gunderson, a pregnant Minnesota police chief investigating roadside homicides that ensue after a desperate car salesman played by William H. Macy hires two criminals, uh, Steve Buscemi and Peter Straumair, uh, to kidnap his wife in order to extort a ref, uh, hefty ransom from his wealthy father-in-law uh, shenanigans persist it's both darkly funny and violent uh, we talk a lot about movies on this show mm-hmm. and I feel like we never really talk about the Cohen brothers that often uh, so I looked up like a bunch of their movies you know we talk about like you know we talk about Scorsese and Spielberg and stuff the Cohen Brothers have an amazing list of movies like their list of movies that they produced is like you put it up against anyone else's I feel like they got some hits. Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, Barton Fink, Fargo, Big Lebowski, Oh Brother Where Out There, No Country for Old Men, Burn After Reading, True Grit, uh, Inside and Davis.
3: These are all like banger. I bangers. saw some of them. These movies are bangers. They're all good movies. You can't say you can put them up against anybody, I think, but they, they do have a lot of good movies. In terms of consistency, though, that's all really good. Like, the last
0: three movies have been okay, right? Like that's Hail Caesar and Suburbicon, and they got some new movie coming out. No one mm. likes Suburbicon. But I feel like that's a really good like success to failure. It's not rate. to
3: disparage these guys, but like I mean, I don't know if uh, I don't know if hold them up to anybody holds up for me.
0: Uh, well, that's fine. I'll give you that. Uh, mm-hmm. Fargo itself, though, was selected in 2006 for preservation in the New York, uh, sorry, the United States National Film Registry. Uh, it is one of only six films designated in the first year of its eligibility. So that says something for you. Mm-hmm. So people really like that one. That movie really holds up. I think actually, like, that movie's still incredibly watchable. Probably my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Mm. I think. No Country for Old Men. It's a pretty good one. I like that movie. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. That's all I got for for history lessons. Um, you guys ready for a recurring segment we've done before? It's about uh, what new thing millennials have killed this week. Are you guys ready to guess what new thing millennials have killed this week? Like you want to start? Week? Yeah. Like what? A, have, like what? A, like a industry. This is an industry. What industry did the millennials kill this week? They killed something. Yeah, we killed one this week. You.
1: Uh, it was sliced cheese before.
0: Sliced cheese? Oh, because they're throwing them on their baby's faces? Yeah, have exactly you thrown thinking. cheese at your son's no, head? No, I yet?
1: would never do that to him and take pictures and think it was funny.
0: That's hilarious, though. So you should have
1: no, thrown some cheese at No, why would I do that?
2: It's at- <laughs>
1: your child. Terrible. <laughs> it's mean.
0: So, no, we didn't ruin No, that's not what it was. Okay, that's all I got for you, then. Kevin, what did the millennials ruin this week? Come Could on. Be, can't call it. <laughs> can't Could call it. Annoying. Okay, so according to reports from the Wall Street Journal... Uh, Pet food brands, uh, Pedigree, Purina, uh, Gravy Train and Kibbles and Bits are angry because millennials are opting to buy more expensive pet food and it's causing problems for the industry's big names. That's right. We've dropped. We've destroyed big pet food, guys. Good.
1: We buy, we buy. We buy expensive cat food.
0: I think it's funny though that the argument that they're making is these people aren't having kids, so they treat their pets like their kids, and they give them things that are good for them instead of our garbage trash food. I know. Ball How do you
1: bite this? That? Yeah. so Funny. How do you? What do you, you just can't say anything? How do you then. make this argument
0: oh, in good faith?
1: I wouldn't even. You say can't. Anything.
0: Make better uh, food.
1: <laughs> yeah, make better,
0: make better, uh, food for your animals. People care about their pets. I'm surprised you guys didn't didn't know that. Uh, so yeah, millennials killing big big pet food. I love it. Uh, also this week, did you guys read that the Gap and Old Navy are spinning off into separate companies? Oh, okay. Do you guys know why?
1: Maybe because Old Navy makes. Nobody's their going to either. Too big.
0: Well, actually, that's not the case. No one's going to the Gap, but Old Navy
3: apparently is doing better business than it has because, because cheap. I was. That's exactly I was just right.
1: Just there, I bought all new clothes like that. 50% off jeans they're
3: cheap and I think Old Navy I think you were uh, you were getting towards something too uh, Old Navy makes some people feel a little bit better because they're very generous with their sizing yes mm-hmm.
1: I can I have to wear their smallest jeans if I got any smaller I couldn't fit in their clothes yeah.
3: anymore yeah. Uh, what are these it's crazy <laughs> you know, my, I get my sizes as Old Navy you'd think I'm an NBA player you're, <laughs> you know what I mean I'm like ah, that's not I know nah that's not exactly right uh,
0: so this is what they call off-price uh, retail marketing, because uh, we're, like, higher and middle-end companies like Banana Republic, uh, offer to more niche audiences. Um, companies like this tend to sell at a cheaper rate, and tend to do better business, and this seems to be the reason that they want to do the split, is they want to go more, they want to lean into it more, it seems like. Mm. Gap has closed a lot of stores, oh, apparently. Yeah. I know. I do, too, but Gap apparently, like, keeps too much stock on hand mm-hmm. for what they actually sell, which makes a lot of sense. We just lost our Gap in the mall, didn't yeah, we? a couple years ago. That's yeah. a shame. I always liked the Gap. I like I the Gap. I did like the Gap. So, I could wear... jeans that fit me right. I appreciate any store that doesn't put a ton... Now, I'm not saying that Gap doesn't put their logo on stuff, but Gap was pretty good about being like, here's just a plain V-neck t-shirt, right? Or like a plain colored shirt.
1: Besides their big, huge Gap sweaters they used to have. Right. I'm <laughs> saying all companies... I, no, I know, I know. They're not as like egregious as... Like or American Eagle Yeah, or yeah, or yeah. yeah. About that. I yeah.
0: went to an American Eagle with my niece last week, <laughs> and it's they they make sure that you know that it's yeah. American Eagle.
1: Because that was the thing when we were younger was For to sure. wear mm-hmm.
0: that was remember?
3: Yeah, nobody would wear plenty yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Everybody right. had to make sure you knew that shirt was from American Eagle yep. or whatever the hell it was. Yep. Mm. Uh, and just really quickly, I have a small segment to share with you guys called Weird Flex But
0: Okay. Yeah, Yeah, Weird Flex But Okay. Uh, Cynthia Newman, who is the dean of a college and administration in Ryder University, has decided to leave her post as dean. Do you guys yeah. want to guess why? Or do you have heard the story already? I'll just tell you. Uh, the the campus has banned chick-fil-a the campus has decided they don't want chick-fil-a on their campus the students have and because she is a very committed christian she is resigning from her post as dean of this university in support of chick-fil-a weird flex but okay lady good call
1: all right she's strong about her religion i guess are
3: you you concerned about chicken I don't know. She better, her, I'll tell you what. She's her husband
1: makes a lot of money.
3: Her and all the rest of these modern-day conservative evangelical Christians better pray that their God's not real. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be so mad. Because if he is and he comes back, they will all be first against the wall. Mm -hmm. They bow to a golden calf. There's stories in the Bible about these people and about what's going to happen to them, so they better (laughs) hope that the atheists are right. Because if not, these people who call themselves the Christians are in a lot of trouble. Uh, I had you two
0: don't. I have two segments here to close out. Uh, one was about uh, eleven curse words from the nineteen fifties that we should bring back. I was gonna run through them and see if you guys like them or hate them. Do it. Do it. Uh, the other one though was a TV and movie-based segment that I've been holding off. So them both. Do them both? That's I don't know. That. All right. Do whatever you want. I'm gonna save the curse words <laughs> for next week. I'm gonna save the curse save words the for the next curse week. Words. Uh so again, I've lately, whenever I've had some sort of content mm-hmm. I wanna talk about with you guys or talk about with the, the listeners. I've saved it toward the end because they're going to be a little spoilery. Okay, so that's just so keep in mind if you want to know about the movie Tag and watch it without spoilers, turn the podcast off now because I'm going to talk about it very briefly.
3: Wait, but I haven't seen the movie Tag. I haven't tag. seen it.
0: Okay, you haven't seen Should it? Should we leave?
3: We're leaving.
0: No, you yeah, neither have leaving. seen it? No. no. All right, so I won't spoil I'm not it. Watch I won't spoil that. it. I was told to watch this movie. Uh, it was a request that was made multiple times, multiple times by GFOP, Justin Parkinson, and Maiden Utica. He told me it was the funniest movie he's ever seen. He couldn't stop talking about it. Even Kate backed him up and said it was pretty wow. funny, and I, I very rarely get that sort of double
3: support. So I said, all right, I will watch it. It was pretty good. All right. <laughs> it was So funny. Sam watched Tag, and I came home from work that night, and uh, Sam was asleep. The tag was paused. <laughs> So. No, 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 that's not true. Go uh, a film. History. No, 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 no. that's film. not true. That's not that's true, that's great. not
0: true. I was watching the movie that Justin told me to watch, and then he came in and distracted me from the movie. He's like, oh, what are you watching, Tag? I can't wait for this
3: scene that's coming up. I'm like, don't start And then the started parts. telling me about stuff that was happening. He loves to come in and watch. So I was like, <laughs> you should watch this movie, then he'll talk over oh, the movie the whole time and tell you everything that's coming.
0: Um, I will say this, and it's not a spoiler, Uh there's a sequence at the end, though. They make a decision with the direction of the movie at the end, and I don't know if it's what happened to the real characters in real life or if they were trying to go for something that this movie wasn't necessary. I don't know. They made a strange decision, a framing decision at the end, that kind of threw the movie off for me. Um, but other than that, it was pretty funny. Uh, I feel like I should uh, go back and watch Game Night now and compare the two of them and then do a I didn't whole... I do not stand
3: for Game Night very yeah. hard. I think everybody should watch Game Night. Okay. Game night's really funny. Game really night's nice fun, like date movie. You and Zach should watch it. We don't watch date movies. Yeah. What, what movies do you watch? We don't watch movies. The what do you do on dates? Okay, we do. Whatever. No. No, no we do. No, no we, we go rock climbing. It. If I find we, out, we don't go really date? at yeah. night. You go rock climbing at night?
1: No, he falls asleep at like eight o'clock on the couch. He's is like, mm-hmm. eating
3: tree bark. <laughs>
1: it's, it's true. He's energy. climbing around on
0: rocks, eating tree bark. He's tired all the time. He needs some <laughs> energy. He does. <laughs> Babe, you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, but I have to admit that I have been sucked into a television show. And for the last few Ooh, weeks, I've been it? talking about, I've been thinking about talking about it on the show. What is it? It's called Temptation Island. Oh, Are,
1: I, I've seen the old they had it out before. Yes, and yeah. I actually can't, couldn't stop watching it.
0: So here's it's the way this. Stupid. Here's how this works. On Tuesday nights, uh, we watch professional wrestling. Tuesday night SmackDown okay. on on USA, and the immediate follow-up to SmackDown (laughs) is Temptation Island. So over the last few weeks, we've actually kind of got invested in this show. I gotta tell you, it's certainly not a good show. No,
1: but it can't stop watching. It's
0: pretty entertaining.
3: It's one of those things where, like, the, the enjoy, there's not much enjoyment in watching it. I wouldn't enjoy watching it by myself. Yes. Yeah. Great point. And I didn't enjoy, like, when it was on last week, I didn't like it as much as I did the week before because everybody was here and everybody's got an opinion. everybody's like <laughs> every, I like, or like, every, but like everybody's But, everybody's, like, talking and, yeah. like, doing whatever. It's only really enjoyable to watch when you're kind of punch drunk and overtired and you're mm-hmm. treating it like Mystery Science yeah. Theater yeah. and just <laughs> running jokes the whole time <laughs> while only half paying yeah. attention. Yeah
0: but i feel like when i i always tell people when they watch like people come over and watch wrestling sometimes yeah and they and they like sometimes have a negative opinion about it beforehand they're like i'm not i don't care about this and then within, like, a couple, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, they'll have some opinion. I they'll be like... Be caught up. That was me. That was me. This is how I feel. This is what happened to us on Temptation Island. I think it was on, and we were like, what is this? This is dumb. And then within, like, 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm going to tell you something about Javen and his girlfriend. <laughs> I think that Javen's a good guy. I think that he's getting a bad rap, and his girl's not treating him right. I mean, like, I I have to say, I've almost started looking forward to it more than SmackDown. Like, weirdly, because the season finale is coming up. So, if you guys want to go onto the <laughs> USA app, and catch up on Temptation Island. We
1: should probably do that. Yeah. We'll, it was used to be on Hulu. It used to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, yeah. It's it's a, it's definitely worth a watch. I, I'm very much enjoying it. I'm looking forward to the season finale. I hope that Javen and Cherie can work it out. Those two, they you know what? I'm, I'm rooting, for them. rooting for Sam's rooting for them. you. I'm um, rooting for it. Have you
1: seen Pen15 yet?
0: That was the show you told me about. Did no. I already
1: that's talk about show. this?
0: No, you no, texted me about it. You tell me about the, the one show. parkinson has been raving about.
1: I love that. I watched it all already. The only I've gotta thi- th- okay. watch it again.
0: So again, tell me if I'm wrong. The actresses are normal age, but everyone yeah. else is like.
1: That's the hard part for me. They're kids. They're kids, they're right? Like, they're like, like boyfriend, girlfriend, and they're like thirty something. Yeah, and the kids are like. That's <laughs> I've oh. heard it's really funny though. It is funny. It's hysterical. Yeah, yeah. It's hysterical.
3: It's. I checked out an episode of two just because Parkinson was raving about it, and um, I didn't have much of an issue with like the age thing. They do a really good job of playing it down. Yeah. it's not okay. really like. Yeah. I don't know. I, I everybody kept talking about this, and then I was watching it again. Okay. I don't know, but the thing that was really that I enjoyed about it quite a bit, I guess, um, is that it's set like almost exactly when we were that yeah. age. So there's a lot of stuff you'll see that's just very so specific to those of us that went to went to middle school in like the very late 90s and the early 2000s, you know what I mean?
0: Which is why I'm very curious about that movie, uh, Mid-90s, that Jonah Hill produced. I thought you were going to say Lady Bird. Lady Bird as mid-90s,
3: well. Mid-90s, mid-90s is going to be before our time.
0: Right, right. And then what was the other one uh, that, what's his name, did Bo Barnum to that 8th grade movie that apparently was supposed to be good? Well, Bo Barnum did a movie called 8th grade, which is about like that Not time ever. period as well and it's supposed no. to be quite good. no. No, no good. No, you are out on um, Bo never Barna? That. Fair enough. All right. Uh, oh yeah, one last thing. I didn't mention this earlier, and I just want to say uh, for folks who listen to this podcast, uh, the Mark Marin podcast is one of my favorite they shows. It's so the so reason fun. this show exists. The reason I shaved a mustache. The reason you have a mustache. the mustache. Do you look like him? Uh, I think the mustache <laughs> is almost gone now. It's the reason for the time.
3: gassed up, breathless folks. Yeah, hate the folks. The show. folks. Uh,
0: they reached their one thousandth episode uh, earlier today, and I think that's just super crazy. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're ramping up near two hundred. And to think about what it would mean to like get to a thousand, but what that means for my life, <laughs> would be quite a quite something. But just a reminder to everybody out there, you know, when I do just a little side note, when people come in to do the interviews for this show, I usually use Mark Marin as the example when I'm like, we're not a news program. When think about this as a conversation like a Bill Simmons or Mark Marin style podcast. And uh just a salute to Mark Marin. Uh if it wasn't for Mark Marin, this show would not exist because I never would have gotten a podcasting. So, congratulations, 1,000 episodes! I'm sure he'll never, ever, ever hear anyone say anything about this from here. So, there you go, Mark Maron. Got it. All right, that's it, folks. Follow Heather on Twitter at Heather Wise. Once she's a working girl now, so she's busy. She she's takes busy. longer to respond. Go see her at the zoo. Go yeah. see her at the zoo. She'll
3: let you in with the animals. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. doesn't care. I don't. Yeah.
0: She bosses Mark Simon around now. It's hilarious. Uh, follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom. Or don't just follow the show at Udicast. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, taking over the web. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, that's it. We're getting close. Six weeks away. Episode yeah, two hundred. I still gotta think of something. Party. Gotta think of something good to do. Maybe that's what we'll oh, do. Let's we'll have a live party, party yeah. on the show. Like yeah, it's good. I'm into that. We'll talk more. Uh, that's it, folks. Have a great week. 拜拜